up a seat at the bar to join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden File series. Host Tanzan, Maggie, and me bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and die-hard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 10.29, Heavenly Flotation Device, where we are covering the novel Death Masks. My name is Tanzan, and I am joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Hola. So super fun fact is that uh, our math didn't work out, so you were going to get one episode in August, and then we're on hiatus until September 1st. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't be succinct enough to fit with our own schedule. We just didn't so. want to leave them an entire month, so this way technically we're exactly. not. Exactly. So we were actually going to have episodes until August 4th, and then we will return September 1st. Right, so we thought today was going to be our last episode, but we actually were not able to fit these two chapters together, so we're going to be back to talk with you guys next week as well. So, you're welcome, and I'm sorry. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us to do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at www.patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 32 Guard flies the helicopter to intercept the train, which Michael, Sonia, Marcone, and Dresden repel onto. The group confronts Nicodemus and manages to get the shroud away and break the curse. So I love how Dresden is kind of like repelled by this repelling idea. So yes, sends them off with Rite of the Valkyries. And then after just a few minutes, it starts getting a little bumpy. (laughs) Gee, I wonder why. Apparently the stabilizers are run by the onboard computer, which has failed, <laughs> says Marcon. I can only speculate as to why. <laughs> I just have this, this like, image of the orchestra playing Flight of the Valkyries, da 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 and, like, this one out-of-tune trumpet. <laughs> so, you know in movies when, like, people are, like, they're all about to get on the helicopter or the boat or the whatever, but, like, the whole character or whoever has to be, like strapped to the back of it or something like that because it's like how are we going to get the Hulk onto our airplane or how are we going to get the dolphin into the airplane or how are we get like you know and they're right. always, they're always just like, I'm shocked that everyone still keeps letting Harry like okay get into the helicopter and they're not just like we're going to tie you to a rope how, how do and we fit a Faraday cage into a yeah, helicopter exactly. <laughs> although there is that so I mean on the one hand yeah I don't know that would work because strapping him to the back or the bottom I think still puts him in close enough proximity that it's not just but plus okay. makes him more scared so he breaks it even more and then he's, yeah, he's gonna be yeah keep, keep control of your emotions now harry we're just gonna strap you onto the bottom of our helicopter but Tem- also temporary sedation but, well oh, well 
Except usually he's more drug to save day, so I can't. Because it, but it's like the beginning of this whole episode <laughs> thing where he tried to do his Faraday cage thing on the Larry Fowler show, yeah. and it, it we, that was still that whole discussion of how do you use power to stop your power to pretend to talk about Well, I was just thinking about the helicopter because like one 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 syringe to knock him out, and the other syringe full of adrenaline to wake him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say right because you need to. Hospitals <laughs> can like, do it. Marcone should have access to that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's like, I'm like, I don't even want to walk like behind or have him walk behind me on the thing. But I'm gonna let you shoot me up full of narcotics, Marco. And sure, let's do that. That's his business. <laughs> that is his what stock and trade. That is his trades, whatever. So yeah, um, I did like that after the how Marcone sort of quips sarcastically, like you, like you just quoted. But then then. <laughs> How, or, sorry, Harry quips, quips back his like little like snide little remarks. Yeah, blow me, excuse me. Regard is like, oh, what? <laughs> it's all right, Miss Guard. Compassion dictates that we must make allowances. Mr. Dresden is diplomatically challenged individual. He should be in a shelter for the tactless. <laughs> yes, that's, that's a, a very good. appropriate, actually. Uh, Marcone has yeah. some good <laughs> Just like 24 hours later, he was like blowing up Marcone's gala. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Fuck this guy. Right. Dresden asks Marcone to speak privately, and they switch channels. Harry asks Marcone why he didn't tell him that he hadn't sent Franklin, which Marcone asks uh, if he'd have believed him anyways, if, even if he had, which is a big nope. Uh, he also still considers Harry a prospective grunt. Yeah. <laughs> he could still come work for me. I found this kind of an interesting exchange, like, the first time. And I'm like... I don't know if it's just so that Marcone can say what he says, but basically, yeah, he's like, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, oh, that I didn't send the gunman after you. And he's like, yeah, he's like, would you believe me? No. He's like, would you have thought I was lying to you? Yeah. Well, then obviously, why the fuck, you know what I mean? I'm like, unless, like, the only reason for that is basically for him to say, okay, then why would I have wasted the time and effort and made you more suspicious, right? It shows Marcone's thinking ahead, Marcone's reasoning. But I'm like, yeah, from Harry's perspective, I'm like, why didn't you tell me that thing I wasn't going to believe? Well, and it worked out to Harry's advantage, anyways, to not but like to to just observe him anyway because he. Well, the yeah, thing is that Mark point. Cone had been completely surprised that Harry had been involved in that in the first place as well. He didn't know that his Harry had been with Franklin when he sent them, right? Yeah. So, why are we calling? Is it Vincent Franklin? What are we talking about? Franklin is the gunman who we didn't know until this oh. point when Marcone says, "What did I okay. sent Mr. Franklin after you?" Okay. So he sent him after. Why are we saying Franklin? Yeah. So yeah, Franklin okay. was going after Vincent, and Harry was just the collateral. And Marcone didn't know that Harry was with Vincent, right? And he was clearly shocked when Harry brought it up. So it's fair too that Marcone just was like had to take a minute himself to be like, "When the fuck did I send gunmen after you?" I'm so confused. Oh, I did dispatch gunmen yesterday. Harry probably was there. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you know, like it also seems to me like in that moment, Marcone like because of the whole like. Marcone blinked that Marcone was fully caught off guard and wasn't ready to be like now's the time to lie to Harry because he wouldn't believe me even if it was seemed he was much more like what the fuck is he even yeah. talking about right now well it kind of makes sense too because he may well because part of you is like well how would he know to find Vincent there and he doesn't know that Harry's there but he didn't know that Vincent was going to talk to Harry afterwards and all that kind of stuff right so he again it makes sense that he would have known Harry was going to be at the Fowler show but when he sent the guy to s- snipe him he wasn't necessarily expecting them to be side by side and for Harry to... Well, no, that's what's even funnier to, uh, about it is that Marcone stole the shroud and then the guy supposedly looking for the shroud is like, all right, I'm going to book myself on the Larry Fowler show. Like, Marcone's going to be like, what in the world is going on right now? Like, 
What the fuck do you mean this guy who's supposedly hunting me and the stolen shroud is going hey, on Larry Fowler? you know, Fowler? in this day and age, everybody takes every opportunity for, you know, to try and get Five a little minutes good publicity. And yeah. yeah, you know, the like, you know, the church has really been like through the ringer for the past, you know, couple <laughs> thousand years. Like, let's just take this moment to say hey. Like putting, <laughs> putting children on like milk boxes or whatever like that. It's like put the shroud of Turin on Dr. Fell. Yeah. <laughs> everyone will be talking about it we'll all go see and <laughs> yeah but yeah so yeah I could see yeah that to me was always kind of like why yeah he was surprised at that because it was like because yeah part of me is like well how the fuck would you not know and then I'm like oh yeah because you would have been going just because he was yeah but anyways that whole um but yeah basically exactly when Harry's just like I, I wouldn't have yeah I wouldn't have so it's like well, cool so <laughs> yeah then of course like Marcone was like again that's his foresight and saying like yeah, this is just going to make more problems. Like, the more I say I didn't do it, the more you're going to think I'm lying, so I might as well just save my breath. And, you know, I like that he points out here that um, he's like, given enough time, you're usually a pretty perceptive person. Generally speaking, you are quite perceptive given enough time, right? So he's like, eventually, I know you're going to come to the realization that, you know, whatever, 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 I wasn't there for you and why I would have been after the other guy. In this point in time, we are on the same team. Yeah. And so then, yeah, their whole thing. So then he goes on about, okay, well, why do you want it? And blah, blah, blah. And again, Marcon's like, none of your business. And there's like, mm, actually, literally, right now it is. <laughs> I've literally been hired to do this. So, yeah. Um, but he's like, well, why do you want it? And he's like, the Darren's going to kill everybody. And he's like, yeah, it sounds like a good enough reason for me. And Harry's, you know, the whole like, well, why don't I, don't, you know, why don't I believe you? <laughs> and again, just that perfect, like, full circle, come around, call back. And Marcon's teeth flashed because given enough time. You are a perceptive individual. <laughs> so this is where it's very funny is that they're headed to St. Louis again because that's the next m closest international airport in America. Yeah. So for, you know, Nicodemus in order to spread this plague as fast and as far as possible, mm -hmm. it's a really good place to go. It's just very funny that you've had, you know, Sonia and Michael locked up in St. Louis's whole book and just when they get back to Chicago, it's like, all right, turn it around, boys, let's well, go. Now this I wonder, I wonder, is this purely coincidence or is this a little nugget of, of again, uh, foresight, intelligent planning on Nicodemus's part that they're gonna be like, oh, now I have to go to St. Louis and they're gonna be like, we already, like, right? Red herring, right? Like, mm, they already said they were going to St. Louis and it was totally a dead end. Oh, now they're just going to go to St. You know what I mean? Like, Or it could just be, like, a little bit of a, a foreshadowing that there's trouble to be had in St. Louis. See, this is what I think it was. It was more like God was like, you need to be in St. Louis. And they got to St. Louis and they're like, oh, we don't need to be oh, here. Oh, by God, left. we mean Jim Butcher. <laughs> and God was like, I put you in St. Louis for a reason. Why did you leave? <laughs> Maybe. Right. Except you could have been there already. It could have been. See, again, with that whole, like, divine intervention I feel like he doesn't usually screw up the timing that if nothing else Michael and the Knights have shown they have impeccable timing they had to have come back to interfere at the airport to be on the way to St. Louis yes otherwise okay. yeah they wouldn't have had a reason to switch to which St. Louis which does make sense space. but but I, my impression was more like, because, like, they got a tip. My impression was more like that was the Daenerians trying to get some or all of them out of the picture. Which, right, they didn't, not all of them went, only two of them. But, again, then they only had Shiro to deal with, right? Because, again, if they'd had all three of them yeah, They, come they in, leaked Plan B so they could go with Plan A, and then they ended up needing Plan B anyways. At which point didn't matter because the knights had already returned back to Plan yeah. A. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what I mean, right? Was it just like, oh, we kind of sent them on the little wild goose chase, and, hey, yeah, now it turns out we do have to use that one. Or was it more like, hey... Also, if we send them, you know, because again, there's a dozen places he could have sent them to get them out of the way, you know, so was it almost more like, again, that 
oh, but we already went like it like it was it was a wild goose chase the first time. Are they trying to double bluff us or whatever? You know, or was it which just could like, be totally fair, except for the the point where all the characters in this book are just like, now we've done our homework and we absolutely know we need to go to St. Louis. <laughs> well, right. We're not wondering at all. We're going to St. Louis immediately. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, well, right. And I mean, yeah, well, Shiro overheard them or whatever too mm-hmm. and stuff like that, right? But yeah, just sort of, again, right, with the hindsight is like, was it purely, or like you say, was yeah. it just they had it in their head because there was their plan of the year where they like trying to screw them up and be like, well, if we send them and then they come back, they're not going to want to go back again because they're going to It just seems to me the Jim Butcher could have had them, you know, locked up in like Redding. Well, that's what I mean, and then though. Just also, like, you know, like, but the fact that he used St. Louis twice for both, right? Like, yeah, well, that's what I mean, right? Is that supposed to be the Denarian's cleverness and trying to be... The Denarian's tra- that feels like a lot of thinking for me. <laughs> Which makes sense for Nicodemus. <laughs> I don't know about Butcher. Sorry, Butcher, love you. I don't know. Are you gonna, I, I don't know, you know? Again, was it just coincidence, whatever? Do you imagine you make like, Harry as smart as he is, you make Marcone as devious as he is, you make Nicodemus as evil as it is, and everyone's like, yeah, but Jim Butcher's not smart enough to be that devious. That <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're all his. He created them all. This okay. is true. But no one's this, as cutting as but Charity this, because of him. No but one. in this particular instance, this is what we're debating, is whether it was a purposefully planned double bluff or whether it was a, you know, because again, sometimes they're like, well, we just don't want to bring like 50,000 places into it. We're already, you know, again, we already, we need a doctor. We're not going to make up a new doctor. We're going to bring in our medical examiner because you can double the doctor, right? And we're going to, you know. I mean, this is, this is the same guy who wanted to originally call this book Holy Sheep. <laughs> so. <laughs> really? That's what he said during an interview. Who knows it how just, serious he it was, just, but. It, it wouldn't have worked though because of the. <laughs> yeah, the whole lettering the thing. The lettering but. scheming. But other than that, I, you know, <laughs> this is probably the only reason why he couldn't. But again, this book came out in 2003, right? Which is when all of his books, like these four books, these five books were all written. Very close together. Very close together to the point where like the first several hadn't even been published yet by the time he got around to these later books. Yeah. So, later books, you know. (laughs) But he might not have had that idea to do the same titling at the point when he was first naming these all the first time through, right? Because we know the first book was supposed to be named. Yeah, basically was Shudel Shumlancely, you know? It was like a, a mix between a magic word and a gun word. Yeah. I can't remember what it is right now. <laughs> yeah. Shablam? Yeah, I, I do recall you that up. I cannot recall it off the top of my head either. I, I know it wasn't that, obviously. <laughs> no, I know, but he, but very early on, basically once he went with that, he knew, because I do remember him saying very early on that, yeah, he was kind of like, oh, this would be cool. And other people were like, oh, that's clever. And then it wasn't, you know, he sort of did like the first one or two and then realized, oh, I'm fucked for the next 20 books. I have to keep doing this. Yeah. Well, and you don't know any, like, we don't know anything about what, what Jim Butcher's process is. He may have had something that was like much more elaborate for St. Louis and the, for, for the Knights that we don't, that was, a, that ended up on A deleted the, scene. Yeah. yeah you know, it's getting cut. But the easiest way to keep it in there is just, yeah, just cut this whole section here, but they still went. And we, yeah. Yeah. I will say though, the, the the titling though like it's clearly worked out I mean you're 17 books in and you're still fine with the way that works to the point where even the law is still following <laughs> Technically, the rules yeah. right because that's oh yeah the law. <laughs> it's a novella it's a little bit different than anything so it else can be he's a done little bit right? shorter so it's three and three instead of four and four well but the point is is that it's it's he hasn't bothered to keep up with that scheme mm-hmm. for all his short stories yes no but the law is more than a short story so it still has like it still follows the rules you know Mm-hmm. Basically, all of this is to say that they know they are through all the connections between guard and the knights and God and dying. Sure, like, by the way, I overheard them. They're going to St. Louis. <laughs> all of these things. They know. <laughs> They're also able to determine which train car the Denarians would have caught through the power of elimination, right? Yes. So, 
they are. Marcone is just that connected. Fully, they narrow down exactly which train into St. Louis. They know exactly where they got to okay. be. They bombard it with the helicopter. In all fairness, though, this was... Because, again, I don't think we have, like, nearly as many trains running as we do, like, planes and things like that on a consistent basis. Do you think? I don't know about America, but I personally live next door to a train, and we get one every half an hour. Well, if they're going true, but that's just one train. It's going to be really easy to figure it's out. It's not what the tra- same one train, though. It's not. It's, it's not the same train doing okay, a full circuit okay. around the city. Okay, but we literally have like one. Like we we don't have fifty train routes through our city. No, we have one. We have, like, we have one. one that so it doesn't fucking matter what time you, the train leaves. It's going to be on that route. Yes. Okay. It's not going to be difficult to figure out which train is leaving Calgary to get to Winnipeg or wherever the fuck they go from here. So right? saying though, every thirty minutes is a new train to deal with. Yeah, but you're just driving along one track, and again, they're like, we left the airport, like, we chased Nicodemus out of the airport at 10 o'clock. Well, I guess it's easier to so, see when it's actually the actual route as opposed to the starting destination, right. which is probably what you're thinking of, because there is a lot of, like, interchange in the city. But they're, like, outside, I think, already. Yeah. Yeah, they're already getting out, but that's what I mean, right, is that you have, like, 150 planes leaving from an airport in literally, like, every direction every half an hour. You have, like, four train lines, maybe. They do try to explain it off a little bit, at least. And then, this, yeah. Saying this that is, it is it's not going to be a, a passenger train because they don't want to involve people. Yeah, and she's, like, basically, like, from when we chased them out of the airport to right now. So within this half an hour, four trains have left or whatever, right? Again, it has to be whatever's left recently because if the train left that long before, they're not catching up and hopping on it. I'm taking so I'm gonna, the stance now to play devil's advocate, but I didn't start my sentence by saying this was unrealistic. <laughs> you kind of did. That was, the, really. that was the impression I you was gave. trying to say, like, they're able to determine that, oh, there's a freight one and a passenger one and a this one. Well, like, I guess. You just made it sound like through all their connections, they were able to, nope. like, there was a hundred to choose from. I'm well, like, I do think it is impressive that they were able to still, like, okay, like, you get the helicopter, you figure out where we're going, you figure out the train. The, I mean, it's summer, but I just feel that it's not as, because, yeah, again, they're basically, they're like, there's three that are leaving, two freight and one passenger. He's like, Okay, well, we can automatically eliminate the passenger because they don't want to. Well, which is kind of funny because I would have thought that would have been my first choice because I'm like, oh, all these people to infect. That's what I was thinking too. Is passenger would be the first choice? Yeah, so and like, you're let's like, start now. And you're like, that's perfect. You've got two freight and one passenger. They're going to be on the passenger train. Then he immediately goes, we eliminate the passenger train. Yeah. And then yeah, so Marco yeah. basically says, we got even odds. It's a 50 50. Is this one or that one? And then luckily, so they do kind of, you get- know, Michael has his whole like Denarian stench seeker. So actually, <laughs> no, that is kind of surprising that they didn't do a passenger train now that you make that. Point. Yeah, that's because like, that's what I infect. assumed as well, too. It's like, yeah, let's start yeah. now. Infect this bitch and go. But they were heading. I mean, this is the whole point is right now they are heading from Chicago to St. Louis. Right. This is just a train to get them from Chicago to St. Louis. Again, once they get to St. Louis, then they're planning to head into a major airport and infect everybody there. Right. So, again, I could see I just think about not- the efficiency that, that Nicodemus wants to go with. Like, yeah. He's all about like. Well, I agree, and that's why I initially thought that, but Harry's got a good point that exactly, because they're not getting on a plane in St. Louis, they just want to wander around the airport, right? So they can have 50 goons with guns can walk into an airport, because it's not until you get on a plane that you go through the security checks, right? So same thing, they're not, it makes sense that way, I'm like, oh, I do get that you're right to get on the train, 
there would have been some kind of, you know, check whatever for that. They would have had to, like you say, had tickets for everybody. Or right here, they're like, we just want to get to. Yeah, and again, like I say, we're just literally like hobos. They're going to hop a train and get there. And then again, they're going to head to a major, major hub and just infect all the people milling around the airport, right? right? So I'm like, yeah, you could have had that opportunity to get a few more people on the way. But since that's not, since the train is not the goal, I'm like, I do get. Once they've determined which train they're going to get, no matter how realistic or not, is then, you know, <laughs> belaying down to the train <laughs> and obviously the knights are the coolest people in the world because they're just like give me a rope and we'll jump <laughs> basically like no it's problem like, i'm gonna god. fly like motherfucking superman i don't care god will provide exactly. me okay, that's michael i will land on this train top no issue <laughs> michael is like no problem that's how we gotta go i'm going he does in all fairness because yeah when 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 dresden finds out he's like say what and he does say in all fairness that sonya does react much the same way <laughs> Sonya just goes with it then. Sonya's like, are you kidding? And they're like, no. And he's like, fine. So Michael's like, no problem. I'll go. Because exactly, God will provide whatever. Well, I was he's like, say, it's it's very heroic and noble and stuff that Michael is always the first one who stops him. He's like, me. Do me that, first. That's, I'm gonna, yeah, if this isn't going to work, I'm going to go splat before any of you. And then but it's you guys also a little bit of way. like, oh yeah, the one guy that God's going to make sure he saves. Yeah, sure. You go first. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's little, yeah, it's kind, kind of like It's that. not a great Give it to Mikey. Game. Mikey, you'll eat anything. I'm like, well, then that's a really bad test of whether it's exactly. good cereal. <laughs> because he'll eat anything. So Michael will always survive. So sure, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he can... But yeah, but then again, Sonny makes no bones about it or whatever. He just like gets up and goes then. And then yeah, Dresden, I'm, I, I kind of got to be with Dresden here. I'm like, pardon me, like this does sound like it could be really fun. I don't know that I would want my first time to be out of a moving helicopter onto, onto a, a moving, moving train, train. Right. with when the guy who straps you and everything. Marcone is the one who's like in charge of if your straps are working and stuff like that. This is the perfect sabotage moment. See, and I would have th- I would have thought that they would have chosen Dresden to be the first one going because he keeps fucking up the instrumentation. Yeah, right. Like, get, get off my off. fucking on helicopter. Else. But they know Dresden's a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but I love this. This is like this. This just screams to me like every '80s action movie ever. Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah. re- repelling out of a, a, a helicopter, helicopter onto a moving train. Like, come on. Yep. There's a Nathan Fillion interview when he did Comic Expo, and he was talking about like, you know, I'm about to take questions, but like, please, like, let's not go into like, oh, it was my favorite show. It was my favorite thing to do. Like, it was Firefly. Okay, I got to be a space cowboy. I got to have all the different weapons and gadgets and things. I got to be a million different characters in one. We got to do everything that you're ever going to want to do on a TV show. And I got to do it all at once on Firefly. So he's like, nothing can... He's like, I liked every other show I've done. I've always taken projects that I like. Yeah, I was, was, was going to say, I feel like he kind of couched it. Like, he's like, I can't really come out and say it, but he made it really obvious that right, it was but like, like... You know, because he does. He's like, I've loved a lot. He's like, I've done a lot of really great things and worked on a lot of great things. But yeah, but basically it was like Firefly. <laughs> Firefly is the one that had everything all at once all the time, you know? Yeah. And and same thing with, we've spoken about it before, that Jim Butcher is very much like, if you can have every single religion and fantasy and myth and fairy tale in one world, then surely I can make it all work in one book series too. I don't have to pick and choose what does and doesn't make sense for the world because it all exists anyways. Yeah. And obviously, to that point too, he's also like, also all the pop culture exists. My character's <laughs> yeah, gonna right. run on trains, he's gonna be in a western, he's gonna be Spider-Man, he's gonna be Hugh Jackman, he's gonna be fucking James Bond and Indiana Jones and all these other Star fucking Wars, things. Star Wars, Star Trek, everything. Yeah, all, exactly. okay? My like character all. gets it all too, right? So... Yeah, it's very, you know, same idea. But 
to that point, it'd be really fun if like they just had a weekend where it was like, you know what? Let's just do this without a denarian chasing us. What if let's just have to jump on a train ourselves? <laughs> right. So next time he's like hanging out with the alphas at like game night or whatever, and they're like, So you like had to chase these guys down like on a moving train? And he's like, Yeah, and you can just see like Billy and them being like, That actually sounds kind of fun. We should try that. Like, we should do that. You guys wanna go do that? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> like they don't need like, to like go to an escape room with and, a fake being on a train yeah, thing. Like right. you can really just like Exactly, because cause you know Billy and all his nerdy friends are like they're gonna you know google the train <laughs> schedule real quick and be like you know there's one leaving in like half an hour yeah they got this right? <laughs> it was like, like a race to the train station <laughs> like, and you i know, just they, think there's so they many just spend a night running around chasing each other like in two-legged and four-legged form <laughs> and, and harry's always blowing up buildings where people are actively like living and working out of what if you just actually looked for an abandoned shed and just blew that up like how fast can we get out of this one guys like right the, the dresden version of like you know shooting <laughs> you shot up an adrenaline junkie by now well, like, yeah that's what I'm saying. Shooting like, cans off a fence post. Or like, it's like, stupid that he's wasting up. all this sh- shit on, like, life or death situations when they could really be, like, the best birthday party entertainers in the city. <laughs> okay, Butcher, we know you've done a couple where you're, like, it's my birthday or, like, um you know, my day off or whatever, but we got a couple of other ideas for, like, actual days off when Harry really does not have, and, and is not just recuperating the entire time in between the next end of the world. <laughs> yeah, we want to see him, like, running around with, like, the alphas Let's or Let's really like commit that, to being like... Uncle Harry to the Carpenter kids, okay? Like, uh, right! How oh fun a weekend God. can you really make for them? Okay, you know what? If Charity's gonna hate me for no reason... Might as well have a reason. Yeah, yeah, Let's make yeah. this fun. <laughs> Come on, boys. <laughs> well, <laughs> of, of all the people coming down, like, Harry is, like, the most awkward because he describes himself as a yo-yo. Yeah. <laughs> I was dangling there like a kid's first yo-yo. Like, <laughs> Everyone else is, like, got style and panache, and he's just like, what? You see, <laughs> Marcone goes out and practices bailing out of helicopters <laughs> all the time. I was going to say, we, only, we can only assume... Because we don't actually see. Because we're still at Harry's point of view. He just sees Michael and Sonya go out. For all we know, they failed. can you imagine any of those three being like anything not. less than graceful? Probably not. No. But, they like know, do like a commando roll at the end of it on know, top of I'm like, things. Again, like, Michael is the more experienced one. One of them Son- does a superhero <laughs> stance at the end. Well, you know that's totally Sonya coming down in the superhero lens. Like, especially because he's got the, the busted arm. <laughs> so he's only got one plant to plant to, to stabilize him anyway. So you know that other hand is out keeping keeping well away from getting caught by the the, the cable or the train or anything like that but yeah no sign you until leave so they're all down they, they start heading for the engine while searching for a boxcar with uh with michael in the lead Harry doesn't trust Marco, so so Johnny uh, follows next, and Sonia taking rear. Yeah, I just sounds so weird. Johnny just follows. <laughs> Good Mar- old Johnny. Mar- Michael, Johnny, would, Harry, and Sonia. He would smack you upside the head for that one. <laughs> Gentleman Johnny. Right now he's one of the boys. Yeah, it's it's actually I was gonna say it's actually kind of funny because we love it when Harry does that, and he's always like John Johnny, and he's like don't call me, and I'm like. You know what? It's it's partially just it sounds better. We do that with most of them. I'm sure it's just that whole um, um, standard. It's not the word I'm looking for. Colloquialism. Yeah, well, yeah, but of, of last names, how, you know, we do. Like, I know Jessica was throughout high school. Several of her teachers called her by her last name because there was a couple of Jessicas and things like that, right? But I'm like, I almost feel now, like, now this suddenly been brought to my attention. I'm like, 
even though he's like a fictional character and we like love to hate him and hate to love him and all this kind of stuff, I'm like, Marcone has like intimidated us enough that I'm like, I don't refer to him as Johnny. I can call him whatever I want on this podcast in the real world when we're talking about him and we always refer to him as Marcone. And I'm like, unless it's last week's episode, which is Marconi. Yeah, I know. You kept calling him Marconi last week. Did I? Yeah, the whole time. I was going to tell, tell you all while we were actually recording, uh, but I thought, nah, I'll let you. Was that the one after camp? Was that the one where I was like really tired maybe? Because I didn't catch that You kept at all. saying Marconi and I was going to call you out for it and I was like, she like, because I remember when I first started reading the books, I kept oh, calling him Marconi. Only one like, of it's Marcone. The, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, sorry. And no. I had to change it in my brain. And then last week she was all like, Marconi, Marconi, Marconi. And I was like, okay, lady, yeah. whatever. Yeah, no, because I, I did, in print, I thought it was Marconi. I totally did. Until I, 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 I heard, think I asked you that when I first read it. I was like, yeah, and I think it? I told you guys, I'm like, oh, it's Marconi, because that totally just sounds like, again, the Johnny Marconi. You had that mm-hmm. Italian that mobster. Ital- feel. Yeah, but that, you know, Johnny Marconi kind of a thing. And then, yeah, and then I think it was, like, heard the thing, and I'm like, that can't be... And I literally had to, like, I went searching for, like, interviews and had to go through, like, a whole bunch waiting to, like, find one where Butcher said his name. I'm like, how does Butcher say it? I'm like, this can't possibly... And he called him Marcon, so I was like, fuck me, I guess it's Marcon. <laughs> I'm less adverse to it now that we've been saying it more and more, like, since... Yeah, well, yeah, now... Because at first it, yeah. I was like, it's gotta be Marconi. It, yeah, in the very beginning, like, I say, 20 years ago when I first started reading this and had it flip over, it t- I was like, this is so wrong, this is so wrong, this is just so wrong, but I remember, yeah. yeah. Is 20 years and, old. Yeah, in order to talk about, you know, once, <laughs> once we got on here, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna make sure, I was like, we did. And in another 10 years while we're still doing this book, you're like, damn, <laughs> like, this book is 30, 30 years, years old. <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up! <laughs> it only took us three years to get through Five a quarter books. of the content. That's not bad, because there have been, like you say... Right. We're way off of our... our like, yeah, our yeah, original yeah, projection really was, are. like, to catch up would, would take five years. Because we per- thought it would be, like, two chapters an episode, and we were clearly wrong. We tried for three. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. and in the very beginning, but now, exactly, now there's so much more to talk about, because it's not just the events of the book, but it's, like, what we know then and now, and what you can theorize on, whereas we didn't have any of that in the first book, It turns book, out right? none of us have a problem with talking a lot. Right. <laughs> if only we thought of that when we, like, put this whole thing together and we're coming up with like names for yeah, our, our first week's projections were like um, 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 oh let's re-record that okay <laughs> <laughs> so the boys club racing down the train tracks wouldn't you know it the denarians were ready for him <laughs> crazy what who would have thought that they thought they might be pursued Mike, well michael spots some bad guys and, and takes sonia ahead to dispatch them and then harry notices this strange creature running to approach them four-legged and lanky it looked vaguely like a cat but it didn't have fur its skin was leathery wrinkled and mottled its head was somewhere between that of a jaguar and a wild boar it had both tusks and fangs in its gaping drooling mouth and it moved with graceless speed if there's Gross. anything Harry hates, it's a wild boar. Well, I like I like the leading up to this, how Harry gets all, like, a little, like, everyone else is all prepped for me because he's like, Michael takes off and is just ready to go. And then he's like, Sonia shoulders his rifle. It's like, he looks like trained military. And then he's like, and then Marconi, like, shoulders his rifle. And he's like, fuck, he looks like trained military, too. <laughs> and then he's like, and then they get a few feet. And Michael does, like, the fist pump. And he's like, oh, okay, that means getting to- Marcone immediately knows what it means. And he's like, oh, I guess that. And then exactly does, like, the whole, like, IC3. And, you know, Marcone and Sonia are just like, oh, yeah. And Harry's like, oh, what the fuck? How come everybody else knows what's going on and is cooler than I am? This like, uncomfortable wizard at the end going, 
Right. Well, the second to last, because yeah, because then he has his little bitchy moment where he's like, "I'm not going behind you. You have to." Okay. Go. I'm like, "Is she gonna let him shoot Michael in the back?" <laughs> I know we're not supposed to be going off topic because this is already gonna be a really long episode, anyways. But do South Canadian in Chicago, okay? <laughs> really excellent show. show. Everyone should go watch it if they haven't. But basically, to get the third season, I ended up with two season twos. That's a shame. It's but the third fucked. season doesn't even matter. I don't like it. Anyways, point is, is that it's a Royal Canadian Mounted Police officer who's searching for his father's killer, and it, the trail leads him to Chicago, and then Becomes there's a Chicago a- cop who doesn't have a partner, so they're like, all right, you two are partners now, and the Chicago cop is like the most, like, Chicago stereotype ever, and the Canadian's the most Canadian stereotype ever, and it just doesn't work, and they become best friends, and it's an amazing show. There's an episode when, like, the Chicago cop and the Canadian cop get hostage or whatever like that, right? And they need to be rescued and they send down Canadians to also come and help the Chicago police, right? And they're like, how are we going to communicate? What are we going to do? And the Canadian... And they start doing the flag semaphore. Semaphore! And all the Canadian police are like, oh yeah, he's saying blah, blah, blah. And all the Chicago police are like, what are you doing right now? (laughs) What the fuck is that? And it's like, what, you guys don't just learn this? How do you guys communicate across long distances? And it's like, we don't have long distances. (laughs) (laughs) We use a phone, a radio. I I love it. I absolutely love it because we are one of the fortunate ones that our cub group actually has its own, like a lot of times cub groups end up operating out of like a school or a church or something like that. We are very fortunate that our group has an old... um, ancient schoolhouse that is leased entirely to us so we can keep all of our stuff there. Oh, yeah, the but building is super cool. Uh, yeah. It is super cool, it's yes. It's literally so this much old, like... Haunted, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but, so anyway, so we get to have all of our stuff up around the wall that state because it's a permanent fixture for us, and one of the things we have up there is semaphore. Mm-hmm. It is actually a thing on the alphabet with flags on because this is a very scouty thing back in yeah. the day. Again, nobody ever really, but I just, I love it because I do always think about any I've seen that episode Aww. too. It always makes me think, and I'm like, and we still, in 2023, have a thing on semaphore up in our Cub Scout Hall. So Canadians to this day are still, so we like, still do a class we, every every school year on semaphore. We, really? yeah. we still all know entirely how to just you Americans that have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> the most I ever did, me and my best friend in junior high, um, tra- l- learned how to spell in sign language so right. we could spell things at each other from across the room right. when we got told to shut up too often. Yeah. I can still See? spell things in sign language. Sign language. language. Sign language. So that's just what I think about in this one. I was like, Harry, you really need to be catching up on your military lingo right. and semaphore <laughs> yeah, and all these different, like... Right. So far, he needs to run more. <laughs> he needs to run more. He needs to work more on his signs, his long... Clearly, he needs to know Morse code because it's got to come up at some point, too. Yeah, there's a lot of things that Harry's just like, I only need magic, and everyone around him is like, well, they know cool things without magic. I should have learned these cool <laughs> yeah, things, like, too. Just we don't have magic. Skills. We had to learn how to do it. <laughs> yeah. You think all... he would have learned that from McCoy, actually. Yeah, right? What else were you doing out there? Clearly, he just yeah, did farm yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, you know, he's lived in the Ozarks too long. Like, McCoy is Scottish, but, you know, <laughs> apparently he's too far removed say, that he Harry was only out there for two years. He wasn't okay. teaching him flag signals for, <laughs> you know. Oh, look, this just goes back to our whole thing. Like, you know, whatever episode we were talking about with, like, the homing pigeons and the things all, you know, because yeah, we were like, yeah, how yeah. did he contact God. Murphy so fast? <laughs> and, you know, again, right? It's like, you'd think you'd come up with a nice magical way of, like, communicating over long distances, Harry. But How yeah. isn't there a sending stone yet in the Dresden Files? <laughs> I forgot about the homing pigeons episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. One, One of the more random things Went on for heard. a long time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay, so so after he gets all then, yeah. So then yeah. Problem solving Harry. Just add fire. 
right? <laughs> Something's bearing down on you, just turn and blast. Mm-hmm. Which is not not effective. Except for the one behind him. Except for the fact that it also blinds Harry because they <clears throat> are at night on a train. And he goes boom, and then he's like, wow, I cannot see shit. <laughs> so even though he doesn't trust Marcone to be at his back, but he literally just is like, I can't see anything. And he's just like, Marcone. Add that to the list. He also needs sunglasses. <laughs> and com- yeah. I like the consideration, like, that Jim Butcher is so thoughtful on, like, putting himself in that circumstance. He'd be like, okay, I'm on the train. I'm on a, on the roof of a train. I'm going to throw a fire spell. What's going to happen? Oh, it's dark. Ooh. I'm going to be blind. I'm going to yeah. be totally night blind like, for a minute. Right. I, don't yeah. think, I don't know if I would have thought of that. Like, And yeah. not necessarily. Like, especially when it's the good guy doing good guy shit, right? You're just like, Harry's always blasting, you know, what consequences? What? Right, crazy. I mean, yeah, Harry has consequences, but never like that. You're just like, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. You're like, but yeah. And again, that well oil, because everybody else is super military, man. And like you say, Mar- Marcona's practice repelling out of a fucking helicopter <laughs> and flicking a knife. And, but yeah, exactly. Harry just drops and just trusts that Marcone will take care of it and he does. Yeah, he just, fortunately he does. He takes that shot and knocks it knocks the other one or at least down. He debilitates it. Yeah. And they, they can't quite figure out what it is. It's not quite a beast. It's not quite a demon like what the Well, well it is a little bit like a more bounder. Oh, what? Don't worry, that's for me and my D&D friends. Oh, okay. I was like I don't come across that one yet. This is um Again, this is one of those moments where it's, it's we, I can't remember who it was the last time. Maybe um, Billy or something like that. But basically, yeah, Marcone is all like, what is that thing? Is it like a demon? He's like, no, those are usually harder. He's like, well, then what is it? And Harry's like, how the fuck am I supposed to know? Like, I don't know what everything is all the time. And it's like, Let me ma- get my encyclopedia. Yeah, but it's magical just, again, right? It's like, we're all assuming Harry's going to, like, tell us what this is now as soon as Mark, you know. No, they, Bob and, tells me that shit. Yeah, well, whatever. Right? But it's just. Why yeah. do you call it a chlorophene? I don't know. Sounds cooler than plant monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool, thanks. Right, yeah. Seems to me wizardry is half making things up. Well, and the thing is, is like, you know, the wizard trope is this ancient old wizard, and Harry's just some guy in his 20s still. He hasn't had time to become the <laughs> yeah, ancient exactly. old wizard. He's, he's like, like hey, you know what? When I'm McCoy, then well, I'm going to have an answer yeah, for everything, okay? When I'm yeah. like 400 and some, then I'll fucking know. But yeah, yeah, I love how like some moments he's like all mystical and, or like exactly like, uh, chlorophene, that's what that is. And then other times he's like, I don't fucking know, okay? Like, I don't right know. Right now it's high stress situation. He doesn't have time for even a quip right now. Yeah, he's like, some, yeah. Some, I will say though that this whole scene too, where it's like, he absolutely absolutely trust. He's like Marcone and he drops knowing Marcone is going to handle this shit. You love to see it in movies when all the, you know, you know, like I'm thinking like Guardian of the Galaxy or something like like unlikely friends all come together yeah. and they all start learning to trust each other and be like, "Oh my god, this guy is going to have my back even though we were enemies at the beginning of the film or something like that," right? Where yeah. obviously knowing that we've got another like 15 books after this and they're still not friends, but the fact that right now it can be like, I trust you right now that you can have my back. I can absolutely well, hit the ground and you are going to fight this thing It's hilarious because literally like five minutes ago. Yeah. You're like, in front of me. You're, you know, I'm not going to have you at my back. You go in front of me. And then, yeah, two minutes later, the knights run off to deal with something. It's <laughs> yeah, just Harry on Marcone and Harry's like, okay, you get it. Yeah. Not exactly. Like literally, he doesn't wait, doesn't look, doesn't. He just drops. Yep. Well, the, co- the the dynamic sort of works best that way, actually, too, though, because, like, of course the knights are going to pair off with each other because they're working off the same sort of wavelength. Yeah, and the two well, yeah, heroes are going to gonna go- pair off of each other. Is the- <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, but it's just, it's just, it exactly, is. it is. It's, it's that funny. It's though. like, I am not letting you go behind me. Okay, can you see me now, please? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like, it's a look. good dynamic, and I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's like, we- and the execution is so good. 
Well, even up in the helicopter, because when they first get picked up, you know, and, and Michael's like, who the fuck is this? And he's like, he's the guy that, like, had the shroud stolen in the first place. And he's like, mm, we can't trust him. And Harry's like, eh, he's good for this because we have a common for, goal for right now. Worse, he wants they're, like, it. stuck with each other, really. Yeah, right? He's like, again, they know that thing, right? They're like, I don't trust you in, in this situation or that situation. But again, when you've given your word to do something, you are going to follow through kind of a thing, right? So it's like, yeah, you're here to you know, make sure we get it back, we're going to get it back. And it's like, yeah, five minutes from now and there isn't a scary, like, a, another enemy coming back because I'm not going to doubt that you could stab me in the back, but... <laughs> well, so, so Dresden and Maricone, they end up moving on to look for the knights. Uh, to find them, just post-whooping of a guards... And uh, Marcone suggests murder, but is frowned upon for some reason. So, <laughs> so he produces handcuffs instead. I know. He's like, because um, he was like, we're not just like killing them in cold blood or whatever. And he's like, why not? Give me one good reason. Why not? He's like, shut up, Marcone. <laughs> <laughs> like, which we're not. Okay. That's not how we do things. And really, Marcone's got a really good reason answered here. Like, these aren't even just like. Flunky flunkies, he's like, these are fanatical guys that if they don't come after us, they'll just, the Daenerys will send them out to do other evils. You know what I mean? But they're still like, mm, no. But this is supposed to be the moment too when you realize that Marcone has no idea about the knights. That's why. They're not going to sit down and explain to Marcone, these guys lose their powers if we start oh. killing people in cold blood. They can't tell Marcone that because he doesn't know the knights exist at all. All they've told him so far is like, these guys fight the Denarians. That's all you need to know. Okay? Maybe. Why are the Denarians here? Because these guys are here. So he knows that they're powerful, but he doesn't know their whole shtick. And as long as they can keep from whatever information they can keep from Marcone, the better it is. So That's fair. I don't know if I necessarily... I don't know if he's completely clueless about them or not. Because again... Michael never makes any bones about hiding who or what he is, which is Harry's problem half the time. Don't go into the, you know, like, vampire don't go party out, don't and go kill in. all the vampires. Well, yeah, no, but he's like, can you not walk into the airport and like chain mail and a cape looking, you know, can you not go out walking through the cemetery and like your chain mail and cape? Like, can we just pretend this is low key? And he's like, no. So, I mean, on the one hand, and again, seeing that we're a few books in and, Her and Marcone has obviously started gathering information at least mm -hmm. from Stormfront, if not much beforehand. Right? He's got guard with him for a reason now, yeah. I get, but... But I, I was going to say, I don't even think it's necessarily that. That aside, whether he does or does not realize what exactly the knights are or what power they hold, I don't think that's necessarily... Like, it's, it's an interesting reason I like it, but I'm like, he he happily would have done it. Doesn't The, the Sonya and, and Michael don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. he, he could easily have... have yeah, clearly like, Marcone would have had yes, but yeah, well, well, but well, Harry, but Marcone would have had no issue being like, hey, I'll, you know, if they're like, oh, we're not really into that. Marcone would have been like, okay, well, I will, and totally would have slit their throats, no problem. It's well, a nice little character character comparison, at least, like to yeah. show the difference between you know the the, the questionable dark gray well, area versus you know there is, and that's again what brings you up because you just had a moment with Marcone saving Harry's life and that little buddy buddy moment, and now it's like, oh, don't forget, Marcone, don't he's not a good guy, he's not Harry's buddy. Right. But he didn't slit their throats here. He accepted okay, the because, shut up comment because and moved on. Because everybody else shot him down, but you know what I mean? But he's the first one who's like, okay, well, we don't want to leave people behind. Let's just kill them. Whereas uh, Sonny and Michael out and out would for would not for the whole hire. Harry, again, being more that gravy, well, like, yeah, we don't really have Mark a reason. He's pretty calculated, so I wouldn't put it past him to, to say that to test people's boundaries. Just to be like, could be let's, that see, let's see how these people respond. How far are we? <laughs> well, and that too, what yeah. What can I learn from them? Exactly, <laughs> but... It's true. Everything's a test with him. Yeah, because we do know had it come to it in the fight, they would have, because 
If you were looking for subtext, though, between Marcone and Harry, if you were trying to be like, is Jim Butcher gonna have these guys end up together? This is really the scene for it, though, because, like, you've got, like, the whole, like, catching his back and protecting him and listening to what he says, and then he all, like, and then in the next scene after that is, like, oh, here, no, you're using the rifle wrong. You're gonna hurt yourself. This is that, like, this whole book was, like, they were being so nice to each other for, like, <laughs> to a suspicious degree for, like, just a minute here, that there was, like, I was listening to the audiobook version, and I was, like, I've never listened to this as them being, although, to be fair, I did just read the whole, like, Rainbow Rowell Harry Potter fanfiction series, which is probably why it's on my mind. Maybe. If you don't know, Rainbow Rowell is an author who wrote, like, basically cross-fiction. It's supernatural Harry Potter Twilight fanfiction, but it's, like, an actual legit novel series. Oh. And the whole point is, like, to be making fun of all these other series. It's, it's basically, the whole point of the book series is basically, like, what do all of the chosen Hunger Game children Harry Potter, whatever. When oh, they've huh. all got PTSD and have to go be real adults in the world now that they've, you know, stopped the apocalypse. Now what are they are, what, right. what are they supposed to do when they turn 20 and are supposed to just go and get a job in the real world, right? <laughs> it's the whole point of the book, and right? have three kids. <laughs> yeah. It's the whole point of the book series, but it's also just like... Also, you know, Draco and Harry end up together, and so does Cass and Dean, and so does... Etc, etc, etc. Right. Right. But still, I was then I listened to this on audiobook and I was like, wow, they are being really buddy buddy right now. Like, like they're taking the buddy buddy cop to like an extreme now in this chapter. I'm gonna say that potentially did influence it a bit because I I have never really read it with being like a super amount. I, I of never heat. have either, other than that one time. But. Yeah, so so that's why I'm gonna say that maybe that is influencing that a little bit. Well, but I, yes, and I could see it as as a good way to sort of set up how how easy it is for them to uh, to get along. To, to show later conflict. They could be good friends well, and they just allow yeah. it. There definitely is that. And I, again, every time he shows, you know, because again, like right from the start, he's like, well, we took a measure of each other and okay, we had to work together for like a minute, but we're not friends. Yeah. And, you know, and then in the next book, they're like, okay, well, we need each other to get out of this, but, you know, if this were different, like, I'd take you out, Harry, and he's like, I'd take you out, Marcombe, he's always like, this isn't the time, like, that day will come, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, every time he comes up, I'm like, you guys are so good together, right? Like, because Harry is such, like, a childish, sarcastic, little wisecracking little, right? And then Marcone is always like, you are such an impolite child, and throws back just as much sass, but just There's in a There's a lot of overlap between Murphy and Marcone. <laughs> yeah, but just in a different way and everything like that. And exactly, and just that Marcone has all the cool toys and the resources and the things, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, you guys make an amazing team up because, you know, he's, you know, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, they always have to throw it in and still remind you that we're not actually friends. And he's always got to do something bad Stop enough. Stop touching that you're me. Like, Stop touching me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But yeah, it is. I'm like, I know I'm not supposed to like him, and they keep telling me he's the bad guy, yet at the same time, I'm like, I still always get kind of excited, and, and I'm not that surprised when, like, Marcone shows up and things. Right. <laughs> you know? So, so they don't, they don't, they're not at this car for very long after they handcuff these guys, and Michael moves on to the next car and beckons Sonia, who, who throws his assault rifle at Harry. Marcone takes it away from him so he won't hurt himself, and then the two <laughs> follow... And then in front of them, once they reach them, is the knights and Nicodemus wearing the shroud, Alice Sash. Personally, I would have loved to have seen it as, like, a blanket cape myself. (laughs) Instead of tying around him. Beauty Sash works as well. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I I, I guess I could kind of see... Because doesn't Harry say it's only, like, a couple of feet wide or something? So he might have had a much harder time trying to tie the short end around his neck, whereas this way he can just tie the two ends together. Well, it's a shroud. Is it supposed to cover a full body? Yeah, but just, like, a lay over. It wasn't, like... Or unless they had it, like, wrapped around a mummy stuff. I'm not quite sure. I just feel like he said the shroud was only, like, 
a couple of feet wide and a few feet long or something. I feel like it wasn't even like. Well, yeah, I I think it would like not even fit like a twin bed. Yeah. You know, like. So I don't know. If the, I mean, again, I wasn't there. I don't know the through. the burial. Um, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I don't know the. <laughs> Really? Jesus was a very <laughs> emaciated man by the time they got to the shroud part, okay? They only, emaciated? They only need he wasn't, he, well, maybe he was emaciated. <laughs> by, but yeah, I, I don't know how, if this is like a drape over or a wrap around. I don't, I don't know. know exactly how shrouds worked in the day, but yeah. But I just, yeah, feel like this is not a very big piece of, or again, this is just, you know, years of it. Fraying. Slowly fraying and disintegrating is if it's just down to this yeah. size or what. But. It was a California king size. Yeah. The star, but now. now it's like baby blanket. <laughs> yeah. and it's like you're not getting that shit wrapped. You just got to yeah, tie it around like a sash now. You know, once your Christ has been dragging it around for a couple thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Did he, he? I mean, obviously he didn't take it and drag it around for a couple thousand years because we found it and put it in a box. But. Right, but all the crusaders did. <laughs> ultimate one. Oh, God. He took my... <laughs> God, Dad. That's like... God, Dad. It's like in the Napoleon Dynamite that just again. God. God. So they all managed to make it to the the same cart. The battleground cart. The Nicodemus standing his ground cart. Why do you keep saying cart? It's a train. These are cars, not carts. Oh, well. Same thing. Just cut off the T in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out, Tanson. <laughs> Guess who's Silence. editing Silence. this episode? <laughs> <laughs> you just learned how to do that. <laughs> um, I yes. cut out every time you guys talk, and it's just me for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> like, delete, delete. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Something weird happened. I don't know. Interesting. Upload. Uh, <laughs> it's you know it's hot in here because Maggie's glasses are, are fogging, fogging up. up. <laughs> I know. I literally am now. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so they've just, yeah, they, they got through the couple of, like, beginner monsters, and now they're, like, the big bad for the thing, you know, so. And fight! And fight! <laughs> oh, man, I, like, don't know. Round one! I don't know if I've ever actually played a game of that, but I have watched a lot of people play Mortal Kombat. Because I was never much of a video gamer. I'm never good at those ones. Those were like button smasher ones. Yeah, I can. I can remember my older brother. I remember going down to the local corner store a lot, and he would often be in there playing the. My friends are obsessed with that um, Smash Bros. one. Smash Bros. Like, was fun. I remember playing that. one. I don't like that one at all. I hate it. It's just there's. I mean, okay. I'm gonna say there's no skill to it. It's just button mashing. Oh, I know that, people that, that actually play. That was actually say fun. That <laughs> Every video game is just that, really. But I find it to be a completely pointless game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was never intending. I don't know those ones either. Big fight scene. Everybody versus the same one guy. Super fun stuff. So you've got uh, Sonya takes the first stab at Nicodemus and tries to force him off the roof. And then Deidre comes up from the floor. And then she starts swiping at Michael. And then Harry's throwing off bullshit. And see... Now, this makes you, so we just were saying how Harry's got none of this, like, military training stuff, and he's like, oh, everybody else knows cool things, and, and, you know, how he said before that, like, you know, the only reason he knows how to fight is because he's been beat up a lot, so you kind of learn eventually (laughs) how to, but in this, so I'm like, again, is this just because Harry's the hero of the piece, or is this, like, some kind of, like, subconscious level, or he knows more than he thinks he does, because... I didn't necessarily see this coming. He's like, Sai advances forward, and I saw the trap, 
and you know, in a second, I'm like, and then suddenly it was heavy metal. So yeah, so I'm like, again, you know enough about enough that again, like, I, part of it, the heat of the moment, sure, Sonya is otherwise, well, that too, right? But like Sonya is other, but you know, again, you like. Michael and Sonya and them have had, like, we've discussed, at least in this book, well, good instincts, but that they've had training. In this book, if no other, right, we know that Shiro trained Michael, and Shiro's been training Sonya, and Michael has been training Sonya, and while Sonya's still the new kid on the block, the knights get trained for this. And Harry really does. Harry's, I mean, he kind of sort of does, yeah, there's other wizards, and you learn stuff, and, but again... Harry being the type of private investigator he is and blending that with it, he is going out on a different branch than most of his, you know. And yeah, there's some wardens. You do have some combat wizards like um, Morgan and stuff like that. But Harry's never done any of this sort of... He wasn't trained in that way. Yeah, right? So, you know, Michael doesn't catch it. And again, they're the ones that have been up against the Denarians. This is Harry's first experience with them, you know. But I'm like, again, it's just that. It's not just kind of luck of the draws. That's just like, well, you got to give the hero of the story most of the saves or... What, that he he is the one that manages to see this and warn Sonya without Marcone or Michael or Sonya himself? It's a lot. I would say it's a lot of that because you've got, like, trial by fire is Harry's whole definition, right? Like, he's just, he's dealt with DG like, eight times in the last two days. Like That's true. She keeps those, that the, that metal hair has flown at his face a lot in the last couple of days. And like, in all fairness, for much as they have met them and know, like, who hangs out and who works together, we don't know how often they have or haven't encountered Deidre before, and yeah, we definitely have met her, like you say, like, 50 times in the last Part of what of keeps the Denarians alive for so long is probably not running into the nights every other weekend, too, right? Like, yeah, it's all They said Nicodemus ones. makes a point to show up every century or so, so to delete their archives, and then he fucks off for another century to go come up with his next big plan, Exactly, right? so who knows which ones, you're, yeah, exactly, right? They don't. But Just because they know who hangs out together doesn't mean they necessarily face these seen ones Seen in them himself, too, but I think it's also again part of it is just of course someone's got to see the trap might as well make it hairy he's your titular character right and also <laughs> titular <laughs> just for the record i paused for the motorcycle outside not for your job at all. i just want that to be very clear <laughs> it's true if you saw her eye roll you would know she speaks the truth <laughs> my brain is melting <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't let that fool you for one moment. Anything with the word tit in it would have got hurt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't, don't pretend that's the only reason. <laughs> Points that I'm trying to make are that. It could have been, yeah, simply just like the fact that Nicodemus was falling back so easily that he was allowing the Russian to push him back so far instantly was, you know, good instincts. Harry was like, why Wait the fuck is he moving backwards so much? I don't trust that shit at all. Something must be going on, right? Like... It, it could, be, it could right. be a thousand the, things. The, the right? natural like, cynic, right? Sonya's all like, I have the sword of God to fight it. Of course you... And Harry's like, but yeah, is that you, really... Does that he really, really care about that? Mm, he killed a knight like half an hour Yeah. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. The good news is somebody sees it coming and somebody warns him. And while he doesn't have time to stop, he has time to... Pivot. Pivot and maneuver and only gets a little bit hurt instead of killed. And Which then, is great. What the fuck, too? Because this isn't even just like, like, okay, we've all seen this in like James Bond and other assorted movies, you know, and like, you know, spikes popping out like the side of your car and into you. These things four or five feet up into the air through this car. So, yeah, it's not like he would have just got his ankles ripped up or his, like, seriously, these things could have like chopped him off at the waist kind yeah. of a thing once they like, you know, this is, yeah, practically all of our heights kind of a thing, you know, like. So he avoids the bad metal hair day and 
Sonya and Nicodemus stay engaged because Nicodemus continues after Sonya, but Michael takes the opportunity to slash a big hole in the roof and jump down and deal with Deidre. <laughs> it's really cool how he does that with that little triangular, like, the metal is still glowing. And yeah, right? He's, like, so hot. Yes, yeah, that it reminded like, me more of, like, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, pretty much, exactly. Laser. And then just, and again, just drops. And I love how, like, Michael does is doing all this like running and jumping and again lest you forget the man's in chain mail so I don't know what kind of new agey kind of heavy duty but lightweight kind of material they gotta work with but point is he's still got like a suit of armor on dude would sink quickly right like and he's yeah he's like jumping from one car to the next and he's dropping down into the yeah yeah it's Good thing this isn't like the... The movie version of him would be played by The Rock. Right? Like, this isn't like the wooden cattle car of the last one that you're... Because you would, like, just, like, break right through, like, the wooden floor and out the bottom of the train or some shit, you know? You'd be, like, feet dragging along the tracks. I don't know, but... Anyways, yes, he lands and whatever, goes off to deal with that. He tries... Harry tries to, to jump in and help out here, so he's leveling the blasting rod, and fucking Nick who's however many feet away dealing with Sonya, flicks his wrist and sends his motherfucking shadow after Harry. And it whips his blasting rod out of his hand and then just like smashes it like smithereens. Just splinters me. it. And my shadow. Not that fair. One. I don't know that one either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that one either. <laughs> what? <laughs> but a splintered blasting rod is not great for a wizard who is needing of their blasting rod. Yeah, considering that's why, you know, everybody else brought like a few guns and some knives <laughs> and some. So and you never has... bring, a bla- bring a blasting rod to a shadow fight? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah, so fuck. <laughs> um, Sucks, boy. Could have been, could have been the sword though. Could have, bla- could have, could have thrown off the sword. Well, yeah, at least that's still strapped to his back. He hasn't really brought that into play. So thankfully, yeah, I didn't, didn't grab. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good question. Has, has Nick just not really noticed, or is that because yeah, you're like maybe dude, he can't he grab it because it still has the power with it. It hasn't been ma- unmade. Maybe that's why he can't just yank it off of his back or something. Because yeah, you'd think he would have gone for that fast, but you're right, he hasn't. Right. And in the meantime, Deirdre's not out of commission yet, and Sonya gets nipped in the leg somehow or other. So he's got an injured leg. Um, and then you hear Deirdre shrieking and running away. <laughs> right. Yeah, it seems that Michael has has uh, had success with, with a d- good old D. Yeah. Yeah. So some- and, and, and while Harry is distracted with the shadow, Nick crushes Sonya's wounded arm with his boot. And, but for, fortunately, Marcone disrupts him with the help of his little friend. Yes. Well, <laughs> is, it's the other. Is, and he somehow manages to miss the shroud entirely with a spray of bullets, which I like. Because Marcone is just that good. Just above, just below. Bop, 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 bop. Yeah, and again, right? It gives you this very deliberate kind of because yeah, not only is he, not only did Nick just crush his blasting rod, but then he sends all the splinters like shooting back at Harry's face, which very uncomfortable. I don't know if y'all have ever got a splinter before. Those things hurt. <laughs> and you got a mass of them coming in your face. Like, again, don't know if any of you have done any, like, wood shop stuff or whatever. And you got, like, a bunch of stuff coming off a saw blade. It's the closest equivalent I can come to. Yeah. Nasty. I'm like, that would just be... That's yeah. why you got to wear your PPE. That's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which Harry... <laughs> Wizard with glasses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he definitely is not wearing it. Um... 
But yeah, so while he goes after, yeah, Sonya and steps on this root, like, crunches down on his fucking broken arm. Yikes. Like, he's just so discourteous, this guy. Extra mean. Extra mean. Um, but yeah, Marconi does this very deliberate, exactly. I think you just said Marconi again. I, had, I think I just did. Yeah, you did yeah. it, I thought, earlier, and I was hearing things, but yeah, you did it again. So we've been talking about it, now I got <laughs> Marcone. Marcone does this very deliberate shooting all around and it's not super clear here if that's specifically what he's trying to do or not or just incidental yeah because i'm like well he's obviously trying to shoot the shit out of nicodemus but again is is he specifically trying to shoot it and cut or just around and not or what exactly but nick fells him sort of nick falls away from from the train and and at the same time, Deirdre escapes towards the front of the train, and the, and the group takes a little bit of a time to recover. Not very much time. Yeah, uh, they get like half a second here to <laughs> regroup. And then Nicodemus surprises Harry by flying back onto the train, using it, which sounded to me a little bit but like using his shadow. He came sailing down out of the sky. His shadow spread like immense bat wings. I'm Batman. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. Speaking of shadow powers, I just read read Fourth Wing, so if anyone else out there has read Fourth Wing and wants to talk about it. Was it good? Yes. Because I was the first one, right? Because I remember yeah. looking at the... I haven't heard of that one. It's, bre- it's like just I haven't heard brand of that. new, took the internet by storm. I almost never read books when they're new, and I read this one, and I'm totally with the craze now. Yeah. And I'm, like, craze adjacent, because, like I say, we're sharing library accounts right now. So she'll take out these books, and I'll be like, oh, what's this? And then I'll, like, read the blurb, and I'll be like, oh, well, when you're done with that. <laughs> but, yeah, but Marcon, but no, but he's, he's like, damn it, he was supposed to just, like, drop here. So, obviously, he could, and Harry's like, yeah, I don't think you killed him, dude. And he's like, are you sure? Like, I shot him a lot. And Harry's like, yeah, I don't think that's going to do it. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, but this, or no, that's a little bit later. And then rising on the shadow. <laughs> and then, yeah, and he's like, well, can he run as fast as a, a moving train? Harry's like, mm, probably. I was wrong. He can fly. So, yes, that is exactly, is Nicodemus himself cannot fly, but he uses his shadow, and it's his shadow bringing him along, which is the other. Very Peter Pan. Reference. Evil mm-hmm. Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally evil Peter Pan. It, Although I'm pretty certain Peter, Peter Pan is just evil. Depends on the uh, version. Yeah, I don't think I've Just ever read heard between of, like, all of the lines. He is evil. Interesting. Well, he steals I... like you know children that are dying or whatever like that. You know, he escorts their souls to child heaven. Well, and it, there's a theory. So that, is that, that evil? That once they get too old, they become pirates because he like or he kills them. Yeah. Well, those are just, I guess, the well, ones hence that, why the pirates keep getting like, killed. Like, you know, the, want to it, it's like up. children purgatory, and when the children are actually finally ready to come to terms with their death, he kills them, and then they become Captain Hook's crew. Interesting. I've mm-hmm. obviously never like read read the original. Well, the original Peter Pan. There's a few books out there that have released, released. The author that. of Peter Pan, right? He wrote it because his small son died or whatever like that, right? Yeah. And so he wrote it like, okay, he's Peter Pan. He's gone off, and that was like his coping thing, right? Yeah. But you know, it's been a little bit warped and twisted and read between the lines, as most people are done to children's stories, is that they're all actually evil in the background. Yeah, I suppose there's that, but yeah. Fun fact about Peter Pan, though, it's the only domain in the world that has not ever expired, because, uh, who's the author of it? J.M. Barry, the author of Peter Pan, uh, signed the rights over to a children's hospital, and so for that reason, Parliament votes every, whatever, whatever. it is, to make the domain not expire, so that every time anyone, Disney, etc., profits off Peter Pan, they have to pay the rights to the Children's Hospital. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's the only domain in the world that's never expired. Oh. Cool. Well, good for him. Yep. 
It's very nice. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's very cool. Thank yeah. you. So evil or not, Peter Pan, Nicodemus is definitely evil. <laughs> and he can fly, and he flies faster than a train, and he's like fully demonic. Like that he stuff. is. Like, the like super useful. sigil is glowing, the demon has been invited out to play. And this is the first time. Yes. This is the first time we have seen this, because again, they mentioned it before, where he's like, oh, the other ones are like changing into their demon form, and he's like, we have seen yeah. no They rely well, on their demon he form. Doesn't, he doesn't really actually even change, it's just, he, just no. a little peak. Like, yeah. I'm mad now. Exactly, mm. exactly, yeah. He doesn't fully transform into anything else, but exactly, we finally see his sigil appearing. Well, it sort of speaks to like the amount of control and the power that he actually has. It is mm-hmm. well, yeah, and again, and just the teamwork between him and Enduriel is so yeah, like, exactly. Twist, it's you know, like combined. you say is is you know that's what they say about a lot of the other ones is that like like um, Ursiel or whatever, right? He's like he was this crazy madman, gold panner dude. Like he did not look in control. Well, right, the, yeah. the first one they met, Deidre and Cassius and. Uh, Whatever the guy was with Ursiel. They fully gave themselves over to the demon. When they wanted to do demon shit, they were like, you're in charge, take the reins, do whatever you want. And Nicodemus doesn't need to do that. Well, yeah, he's just scared. But that's what I mean. I mean, like, we don't know for sure because we haven't seen in. But again, Deidre in that, she does operate a lot in human form and stuff too. But she obviously likes... Again... I'm sorry, I'm I'm, going to interrupt really quickly because I meant to make this point earlier. When when Butcher writes about the Denarians and their hosts, he typically, like, does... A full switch to when they're in the demon form, typically. The pronouns? Uh, Not the pronouns. uh, Which name they use? Like Snake Boy. He uses Snake, uh, or or, like for a long time, Demon Girl instead of Deirdre. Yes. Was that just because he didn't know their names at first? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I could could see that. And it's not until the very end that he kind of changes this a little bit, but when, when, what's his name? Cassius, when he changes. We still don't know what his demon name is. He calls him Snake Boy and Demon Girl. We don't know what Deirdre's demon... anytime he's in his form, he only refers to him as that... As yeah. Like the Snake, snake and again, Man. Or- snake Man, Snake Boy, whatever. And yeah, I think that, again, could be very... I mean, again, it, it makes it easy for us as readers to know which entity we're dealing with. Like, yeah, if he's calling her Demon Girl, we know she's in her demon form. And I don't know if it's as simple as that. Well, like, or- I took it to be more just Harry's insulting her. You know, you're not good enough for me to call you by your demon name, you know? Like, well, the fallen even- want to be invoked, and I'm gonna call you Demon Girl and Snake Boy, because fuck you. That, too. But honestly, I don't think we know what Demon Girl's and Snake Boy's names are. We don't know which well, demons no. they are. We so, don't know so which I angels they are. So I was sort of taking are. it as who's in control right now. Yeah. Uh, from from Butcher's perspective. And see, this is, I think, kind of what we're discussing right now is... Who has control and who does not. Yeah, is is I don't know for sure. Like, again, we know that Deidre is another very, very old one. Almost as old or as old as Nicodemus or whatever. Right? Like, she goes way back. So, yeah, she does give over to her demons. She does operate as the demon species type and whatever but again don't necessarily know how much control control she's giving up you know what i mean like just because she wants to take she's like hey i got super wicked bladed hair shit i i can fuck you up a lot more with that than i can with you know slapping you around kind of a thing right but like we know that when he looked at ursiel that he was like trapped and enshrouded and like crucified within the stone Right, so that's where Harry was making that point where he was like, yeah, that guy wasn't so much in control anymore. That was the demon calling the shots. Like, the guy may have initially gone in 
and thought he was in control, but eventually the demon fully, t- and it was like, and when the guy started going, okay, you know what, this is pretty heavy shit, I think I went out, the demon was like, <laughs> fuck you, you're not getting out of this, you know? Whereas Nicodemus is the complete opposite, whereas he doesn't need to go to that, like, he's still fully in control and has the demon work for him, and I just feel it's kind of like the rest of them are at different levels, right? The Deidre's chooses to use her demon but i don't know that she's necessarily fully controlled by her demon i think she still has some control over it too whereas newer entities or weaker willed entities fully get overtaken by the well if you were if you were go over it again like notice when demon name the demon nicknames are used where butcher puts demon nicknames versus the actual character's name like the host's name yeah so, like you said, the, the, the bear, you never find out what the host's name is. It's just her seal. And, and, and like, honestly, I could be totally far-fetched on this one, but uh, I've been paying attention to the uses of the names yeah. throughout while I've been reading. For the most part, Snake Boy. Quintus Cassius, who I just always want to say Cassius Clay, because that's, like, the only Cassius name I ever Because he was, like, Father of <laughs> Fort Hill, and then, boom, he's Snake Man. Vincent. Or, yeah, sorry. Vincent. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. This is, poor Father Fortill's just been through the ringer this book. <laughs> but yes. he's referred to as, either, like, beforehand Snake Boy and then Snake Man once he's... I don't know why that changed, but... It, but, I don't know. but when he turns back to human form, then he's not referred to as Snake Man anymore yeah. while he's in that form. Uh, Deirdre is has one exception and maybe that actually supported by what you say because for the most part she's like demon girl and there's only one reference to where she actually does sort of like this Deidre demon girl reference in one and it's at the very end in this chapter um not once does it ever mention Nicodemus as a demon form which we never do see him as a demon form no like I say this is the closest this to me is really significant because we get the sigil appearing which is I think significant in a couple of things of a how pissed off he is with these guys all ganging up and I think it's taking all of them ganging up on him and to the fact that maybe he has finally been shot up enough and blah 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 that he needs a little bit of that restorative power because he didn't even do it like when Harry just or Anna Valmont just shot him at the gala he was like yeah 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 can we move this along right but he didn't go to it then and now you know I think after the fighting, the running around, like, all night shit's been going on, and then Marcone taking, like, three very heavy, because it was, like, groups of shit. It wasn't just, like, one shot in the sh- shoulder, and, you know, it was, like, here, and there, and then there, and the hip, and all that kind of stuff, right? That, yeah, I feel like it's finally taking his... his Demon or not, humans aren't supposed to be awake for that long, with obvious exceptions that you can train your body into, but, like... You know, he's been awake for 24 hours at least at this point. Nicodemus, right? Because he was torturing Harry last night. And now we're at least 24 hours later. Presumably sent all the free time he had torturing Shero. And then setting up this curse and running to St. Louis. And yeah, it's just on top of everything else. It might just be easier to be like, all right, demon. Like, let's use some of your reserves now. Yeah, 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 exactly. I feel like he's definitely sort of going to... So yeah, no, that's interesting. I never sort of particularly looked at it that way. Yeah, I always more just took it as the descriptive sort of like now she's a demon now she's a but that I've is, read this book that 11 is. times in the last three four months and now i gotta read it 12 times <laughs> <laughs> i gotta like take this point and wait what but so, i know i know i just i just yeah. noticed yeah. there's a little bit of a just on just enough of a difference every time somebody does a switch that the, the naming convention does change so enough for me to go oh i wonder would be I interesting yeah so i i would i would wager to in future books with the denarians to to pay attention double to that. check that one see, yeah. see if that continues yeah fair enough fair enough so biggest problem of the night is with his fly, flying powers as he's decided now to go ahead and start 
unattaching the different cars from each other. He's had enough of this, and he's like, let's just stop. I'll leave you bitches behind, and I'm gonna go on ahead. I got shit to do. Which is, you know, not very effective when three out of the four are all easily able to overtake and jump to the next car. With or without magic. (laughs) Semi-easily, yeah. But he's like, I just thought you guys were all bunch of... I was just gonna, you know, zip, zip, zip. Get. I had my little demon kitty thingies. I had my goon lackeys. I I wasn't expecting you guys to... He's like, you guys just won't fucking go away. (laughs) Which is then we get another throwaway here, too, when he's like, oh, you know, Michael, like, you know... Fair enough, you know, it's hard to find anyone who's, you know, got more than 30 or 40 years of practice, especially when I'm working with, like, 2,000 years of practice. <laughs> he just likes whipping that out, doesn't he? he? Right? Oh, I guess most charioteers can't sword fight, or no, most, most fencing experts can't drive a chariot. No, Like, okay, we get it, Nick, you're old. And, like, we get the same thing from the vampires, too, right? It's like, yeah, okay, you've had 500 years to do this. You've had mm. 2,000 years to do this. That's not fair. Intimidating it's, shit talk. But, no, okay, but, like, imagine, like, us humans. Like, we're just shit-talking mice. It's like, hey, hey, you fell into the rat trap again, you little bitch. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. Stupid idiot. <laughs> Don't you know humanity's been, per- been perfecting rat traps for, like, 500 years? And you fell for it, you <laughs> moron. Right. Well, I have a college degree degree in rat traps so so right <laughs> that just seems so funny where it's like that's not fair dude like what do you mean like you're all a bunch of little babies and you can't fight me yeah. off it's like obviously because yeah. we didn't all sell our souls to the devil for immortality you so. chose your number one enemy to be a bunch of babies that was not our fault <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna dedicate my whole life to ending humanity the you know, the weakest of all, like, the Denarians could have been like, yeah, our number one enemy is vampires, an adequate opponent. No, you chose humans. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You know, vampires could have gone to war with the fairies, but they're like, no, 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 no. The people we want to fight all the time are these babies that only get couple but of years that's worth why because they're pissed in. off they're like Kate he, like Harry has pointed out right he's like humans yes, on mass are thing. Scary. yeah right I he's get like that. we don't know about all this stuff they all run and even though they're these humongously scary things they all run and hide for us because when we get together we're super scared so that's that's why right it's they're just, like they have to be like that's the only thing they have to hold over our heads well, that's okay, why I had like, like 500 years and you don't. <laughs> that's why I'm saying it's like, it's not fair to be like, I keep killing all your opponents. But it's and also, that's why I don't have an adequate fencing buddy. It's, it's like, also, stop killing them then. Well, it's also really bad because it's like, you keep killing us a little bit. Like, again, yeah, we We're can still always here. look for ma- Yeah, and we can still keep kicking your asses. Like, the vampires see, have still not taken over the world. The Denarians have still not taken over the world. <laughs> that's like the whole, like, recessive and dominant j- traits. Genes, genes right? Yeah. It's like, obviously, supernatural all have recessive genes because at this point they would have overtaken humanity. So, Obviously, <laughs> vampires, werewolves, centaurs, they've all got recessive genes, right? And the human is the one that just right. outright always lives through, right? Everything gets diluted by the human gene, no matter what, eventually in the bloodline, gotcha. right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, th- this is just, you know, part of the why. It's like, okay, I get why the humans have overtaken. I get why they're the biggest bad. I get that it's, you know, quantity over quality. But I still don't appreciate the shit-talking when it's like... <laughs> Okay, choose a worthy opponent then. We don't want to go to war with you every week. We also think it's unfair. Well, right? Like, can you all just stop being, like, ageist for a minute? Because, like, this is something we don't have control <laughs> yeah, right? over. So, unfortunately, because of the uncoupling of the car, uh, Marcone and Harry, or sorry, Marcone and Michael jump over and they have to leave Sonya behind. And then Harry rocket jumps himself next, professionally yeah. <laughs> propelled by this fire cell. And then, they, and then they confront Nick. Fair, same thing. I'd be like, oh, watch, I'm going to be the one that, like, does, like, the Bugs Bunny, you know, drop down the middle of it kind of a thing so he makes sure he gives himself that little boost and just just like practically manages to drag himself right over to Nicodemus's side instead of like right into his allies oops 
So Harry asks Nick why he's chosen Plague. And all in all, he's going for the death of hope. And it leads to more suffering and despair, which I am assuming at this point leads to more power for the Denarians. So his ultimate response is entropy is what he's going for. And I've noticed that this is this is this word keeps popping up in this book. I kind of wonder if this is a little bit of a theme to this particular novel, the the dis- descent into disorder. Maybe. I mean, it does come up a few times in these books, so I think it's just sort of a general... Well, this is the first one that we've heard it multiple times Multiple now. times, yeah. And I mean, while well, just saying, I'm like, it pops up with various things to you, so whether it is, yeah, specific to this book, but it does definitely... It becomes, I think, something of um, a theme with all of these bad guys that essentially, yeah, they're all looking to eventually succumb to the chaos, whereas Harry and his buddies are always trying to delay that as long as possible, right? They're always fighting against that inevitable descent into chaos and all that kind of stuff. So to reasonable success, because again, uh, say what you want about the knights and their like belief of power and whether or not that that's something that can be passed on to anyone else, right? But Harry's magic itself doesn't work if Harry himself doesn't believe in it. Yeah. He's got to believe in what he's doing in order for the magic to work too, right? So for these guys, it is legitimately what they're all about, regardless of how they get it done, is that they are, they hope is exactly what they're there for, and it has to be their shtick. Because either the swords, knights, the knight's swords aren't going to work, the knight's mm-hmm. swords are not going to work, or Harry's magic is not going to work, or, 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 without the fact that yeah. they're all fully on board with that. Well, yeah, and, and and you said, you know, you're like, you figure that's more power for, and, and Michael, more power for the Denarians, and, and yeah, Michael basically says as much, right, because he's like, yeah, this whole, you know, apocalypse is a state of mind, is basically what he gets at here. He's like, it's not just that this is an event, this is an apocalypse, because Harry's like... I don't get that this is really, like, the end or whatever, right? And so this is where Nicodemus' whole thing is like, eh, you know, it's an ongoing all the time. We And, yeah, Michael basically said, you know, because he's like, Nicodemus, <clears throat> he's like, it's a surrender to the, it's the despair for the future, the death of hope. And Michael says, and in that kind of environment, there's more suffering, more pain, more desperation, more power to the underworld and its servants. So, yeah, so that's definitely feeding into... Um, their whole agenda. And Nicodemus says in this book that they've got another terrorist group lined up to take the credit for this, that they're going to, yeah, you know, propagate this whole propagate thing. Propagate this, take the credit, do whatever the hell they need to do for yeah, it, right? We don't Which, have to be like, oh, obviously this book are coming. Is coming like, out just after 9-11, a few years after that, right? And especially where we are in 2023, knowing everything that's happened in the last 20 years, right? Like, terrorists are still Obviously, yeah. you know, each and every time that that's happened, there has been tons of shut down the country and stop and sit for a minute because we don't know what the fuck is going on. And obviously, every single time, nothing else has happened immediately in the aftermath because the country shut down and stopped shit into butt in yeah. that kind of environment you don't know and everything's scary and the whole world is just staring at them going like, who's next? What's next? How's this? And we've had, especially in the last few years, groups that took a while to take credit for it too and you're just like, where is this coming yeah, from? What's next? Holding like, their breath, like, yeah, exactly. Where is this coming yeah. from? Where do we have to, where are we guarding against, you 21st know? 21st century is very intimate with exactly how this works already. You, we you know. Can, you can only have that high-level anxiety for so long until it wears on you. Right. Even as a society. Yeah. It, fully. And then again, as Nicodemus says, too, he's like, well, then there's instantly those that want to retaliate and whatever as well, right? You know, as soon as somebody takes credit for it, then everybody's like, hey, we're going to come kick your ass because... You know, and again, stirs up the whole thing, keeps the whole thing going. 
Well, it's, it's a big power imbalance that way. Like, if, if, if they lose their faith, they, they don't work. If Harry loses his faith, they don't work. If they lose their faith, then it boosts the other ones. And so not only does that then, yeah, weaken themselves, but it also boosts the other side. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully enough, you know, the knights brought some anti-heroes to a demon fight. <laughs> and when Michael steps up to do the whole hero fight with Nicodemus, because again, Harry is, you know, again, the main guy, but... Michael is the main. These are guy. the arch enemies. These are the arch yeah. enemies. These, this is supposed to be Michael's ball game. So yeah. Michael is the one. He steps up. He's at the ball game with the vampire on home base and the pitcher's mound and the whatever. <laughs> and they go to blows, right? And you've got this whole big action movie: Michael and Nicodemus fighting blow for blow for blow. And then Marcone and Harry. Well, again, <laughs> such a great love. They're so, so perfect. <laughs> little little side talk. Hey. hey. Three nights in one day, as it were. I'm going to kill you, take care of the wizard, and then go back for the boy. The puns are my job. Stop it. <laughs> That's my thing. <laughs> well, at least he mentioned you. He's like, I feel insulted. He's like, I just was completely passed over. And it's just great, because they're like, hey, you know what we should do? We should just shoot him in the back. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's just do it, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, great. I'm with you. Let's great do it. Until, until Demon Girl jumps up and is like, ah, no. You guys were thinking of this, but I did it first. I'm going to interfere. Ha ha ha. How do you feel about this sentence, Tanzan? Just then, Demon Girl Deidre popped up. <laughs> you got That's all of the one. ones. That, that was that, that one. one. Right that was the one. Okay. Bam. Yeah. Yeah, but we have, well, but Marcone learns a little bit more here because he says, because when he does it, like, that's the thing. He's like, well, shooting doesn't seem to do anything. And he's like, no, I don't think you can die or whatever. And he's like, but supposedly the swords, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I, I'm noticing a theme here that these guys keep going up and they got, so I guess the swords are what are going to do it. And Harry's like, eh, yeah, Michael doesn't really think so. And Marcone's like, excuse me? <laughs> Uh, right, and then, yeah, you get that great little moment. He's like, well, then, you know what I would do? And he's like, mm, just shoot him. And then let Michael, like, dismember him while he's down. He's like, okay. Yeah, good plan. Let's do that. Good plan. But, yeah, but then even Marcone takes a moment. He's like, oh, okay, so the knights are gonna, the, the you know, yeah. obviously all this other shit doesn't really work against him. He's like, yeah, they don't think the swords even, also don't yeah, work. they all, that's, that's the best defense we have. Is that what it said? I thought it, it, he actually thought it was, oh, doesn't. Yeah. Oh, I see it right here. Michael oh, doesn't fuck. think okay. so. Ignore me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, because then he's like, then why is he fighting him? He's like, yeah, because it's got to be done. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Deidre appears and she starts in on Michael as well. And now he's got to fight off both of them, which is definitely cheating. It was yeah. okay when Michael and Marcone were going to do it to Nick, but it's, okay, it's not. Okay, that's our idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. exactly, right? Like, you can't cheat what I was going to cheat. So this, again, a wonder, is this just the blind panic of the moment that we all do think, you know, I'm like, I know I've done shit like that. You're you're playing a game. I don't even the other day when we were doing it, and you just automatically, you're, like, supposed to pass the ball, and you just suddenly, like, fling it out into the middle of nowhere, and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? And you're like, I don't know. I don't know if this is the moment, or again, is this kind of going back to, to Harry's underlying he's got more training than he thought or whatever or more faith i guess this this instance is a faith thing mm-hmm. see i think this is where you're at okay i know where you're going with this one and i think it's actually has to do with michael and not harry nothing to do with harry that and harry- the reason why i say that is because when he throws the sword michael doesn't even look he just grabs it out of the air well that's what i mean so you definitely know michael but he had to send it in there. but again see if normally if i'm gonna throw something at you i'm gonna wait for you to acknowledge me hey Tanzan, heads up and when you look at me i'm gonna throw it because then you can see where it's coming and you're gonna grab it 
Whereas this is the thing, it was like, it absolutely is for Michael's. Because yeah, like you say, Michael doesn't need to look, Michael can, but the fact that Harry doesn't wait to see if Michael, like for all Harry knows, he's just flung it off the side of the well, train. he says he shouts, he shouts it, he shouts his name. Yeah, and then he says before, he's, I did, he's I like, acted without thinking, thinking, I stripped it and threw the cane at him. So he's like, he, it's already out of his hands and he's like, without turning, Michael grabs it, right? So I was like, I get, wait, wait, no, he said shouted Michael and threw the cane at him. So he says Michael and then throws it. Yeah, he does, but that's what I mean. He's like, but Michael doesn't, he doesn't wait for Michael to, because Michael grabs it without looking. So we right. know Michael did not turn to see where this thing was coming. So Harry had already let go of it, is my point, is that he didn't wait to see if he just flew it and trusted that Michael, right? So I'm like, again, is that, I'm like, because again, I've had moments, like you say, in a game where you're like, I don't know why I just threw that at you. I totally should have waited until you were looking at me and thrown it to you. But like, people are coming and I, you know, you do that panic where you, right? So I'm like, again, is it just the heat of the moment, the heat of the battle that it just works out that it's like, he just flings it and God's like, yo, hey, grab this. Or again, is it some kind of subconscious faith on Harry's part that he's like, I know this is going to work anyways and doesn't wait to see. He just lets go and trusts that Michael's like, I don't know, it could be I. Might be nothing, might be a thing. But regardless, yes, that exactly, we know from Michael's point of view that that's exactly, it's the faith thing that he gets his hands on it, no problem. Well, I think there's an implicit trust that that Harry knows that there's this weird juju that works for Michael. Yeah. It just fucking works for him. If Michael is doing his thing for the right reason, it's just going to work. So he's like, ah, here. Well, and it's that's just, right? just going to work because it works for you. Well, and that's, that's why I agree with in the faith, though. It's, it's because just because Harry often says he's like, I'm not saying it like he knows it works for Michael, but he's like me and the almighty. We don't really see. I don't know how I feel on that thing. I don't have a lot of religious faith as I so I mean, obviously he acknowledges it. He's not going around saying that's not really God, Michael. It's just some, you know what I mean? But Harry's is like, it's not really my. So again, right. That's Every all. now and again, Harry can tune into the station for one song, for one beat. You know, he's like this one Christian song I can vibe right. to, but Are then you? I got to leave the channel again. <laughs> yeah, like, right. just, and, and he's in a circumstance. Oh, they're all in a circumstance where they are reactionary. And so they're yeah. probably up for, they're, they're a little more susceptible to outside influences. Well, and even like, if you were going off of the fact that Chicago was one of the biggest lands for ley lines ever, and let's say that there's like, uh, God's got his own sort of ley line sort of thing too, <laughs> right? Like every church has got its own sort of faith that's connecting to this faith, to that faith, to that faith, and they're all coming from like the Vatican or whatever, right? It's just, you mean? But like, to the point where it's like, eventually, you know, the faith of, you know, God and the ley lines for the magic and the uh, who was the Cabbage Patch Dolls, whatever their whole shtick was. Like, the, I would imagine there has to be many points when it just overlaps to a point, too, where you almost get, like, okay, we're all on the same team for this. Oh, and it's gone again. Like, you know, like, <laughs> just for that one second, everything overlaps perfectly. You're all fighting for the same side. So- and, oh, okay, you're, you're morally gray again. I'm Goodbye. so just thrown that you brought Cabbage Patch Dolls into this. Like, uh, he, that's uh, not your era. I'm just so... Michael catches a sword and he manages to take off Deja and gets back to the fight with Nicodemus. Oh, I love this. Because he's fighting, like, it's, he's fighting with both swords now. And all I can think of is, like, some sort of Star Wars, like... <laughs> because they're lit, right? Yeah. They have the glowing he aura. Jedi like, Knight sword. right here yeah. fighting. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty. Because, yeah, because she got his all tangled up, which is why he throws in the other one. So he slices it all, you know, cuts her loose with that one. So, yeah. And it's just, to me, it's kind of like a whole dichotomy thing, too. Because he's got this little, like, Japanese katana, which, in my mind, is usually a smaller slender. And he's got this big-ass crusade broadsword. 
And he's like, in armor. These these yeah. are not like complimentary oh, no. like dueling weapons. <laughs> yeah, not I mean, at for, all. first of all, a broadsword is not a dueling weapon of any kind. <laughs> Can you rub your stomach and pat your head? But your stomach, <laughs> your hand, your left hand is eight thousand pounds, and your right hand is one pound. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's give it like ten or something. It's got to weigh something. But yeah, yeah, I just yeah. But yeah, he's now swinging these two huge because e- even even Esperakis and Fidelakis because there's a saber and a katana. Very different, but again, slightly more size and weight. You know, you figure you could make it work, but yeah. Still. No, giant, he'll, yeah. Quite different. And then Michael, who actually did do his Latin classes. <laughs> Harry should be bringing him to meetings to translate for him. <laughs> yeah, right. Although in all fairness, he may only know his church Latin, which yeah. is not enough to carry on Michael only knows the battle cries. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I did a lot of masses in Latin, so I'm like, I could tell you, yeah, sure, maybe what, you know, this prayer is, but I'm not carrying on a conversation with you. I would come out with my laundress needs in you. <laughs> Oh, and Dei lava quod est sordium. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Nick. <laughs> Cleanse what is unclean, oh God. And then Michael and Harry, sorry, then Marcone and Harry finally step up to the plate and start shooting. <laughs> Took them a minute. <laughs> yeah, we got this. Bam, 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 well, they bam. had to wait a minute because then Deidre jumped in and there was, you know, you don't want to accidentally hit your allies. You got to make sure you have a clean shot. And that's just finally when they got their clean shot. Well, they, at least they got to follow through on their little, their, their deviant little idea of like, ha, ha, ha. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, actually, not even because this is when because now that he this is when Michael first gets the upper hand. So after fending off Deidre and now getting two swords, he goes full on attack, and this is the first time he sort of had the upper hand, and that's when Marcon or Harry was like, "Holy shit, Michael might actually win," and that's when Nick's got to quote unquote cheat again because as Michael is coming at him with these swords, Nick suddenly decides to not bring a sword to a sword fight and pulls out his gun and blasts Michael repeatedly in the chest. And that's when Marconi Which and seems Marcone to be another theme in this, this this book because it's all the villains are like... Everyone has a gun in this book. <laughs> yeah. None of them are like... Valmont was, had a gun, you know, the, Harry had a duck. <laughs> Harry Here's, had a duck. Here, we're, we're gonna fight with this. Just kidding. Gonna shoot you with yep. a gun. A lot yeah. of subterfuge. Right. Well, and it's interesting that, you know, exactly like this. Harry's always like, well, no one's expecting that. And apparently either all of these guys have just operated on that long or they're all taking a page from your book, Harry, because now they're all like, whoa. We should be carrying around more guns. Good but it, this is also very typical, right? You get this whole like, well, sure, Nick's 2,000 year, years old. The Knights of the Cross, they're knights. They have swords, of course. And But then Nick just... It has to not play by the rules. Like, well, what, and it's you so know what I mean? It's devastating, too, because Michael fell and did not move. The light of the two swords went out. Uh, Nicodemus walked towards us through the bullets, jerking and twitching occasionally, and he casually kicked the two swords over the side of the train. Yeah, that it's sounds like, like a defeat loss, right there. Loss, loss, loss. Like, yeah, like just oh, again. Fuck. Well, and that's the thing. It's like just when he was about to, right? Michael finally gets the upper hand and is like, I'm going to kick you. And then exactly. He's got a fucking, and then, then, yeah, then they pull theirs out, you know, and I'm like, hey, I get you guys because shit before, but it's like, fucking Nick, you just, you, but yeah, it's the whole, the the power, like, so much stinking power. Well, and that's it, right, every time you think you're fine, because again, he's the bad guy, he's got to lose, our good guys have got to win, and every time they're about to, well, he's a complex bad guy, too, this is great, I love him, right, like, manages to kidnap Harry when Harry's about to get away, right, 
manages to take Shiro hostage, you know, semi-willingly because he can get away, right? It's about to, you know, every step of the way, just when you're about to like, okay, here's where he's going to get it. Here's where the good guys catch up to him. Here's where the good, and they are thwarting Trixie, him. that's one but they're, Right? Yeah, they're like, oh, we didn't get to catch him at the airport Trixie here. but the no. aliens. Mm-hmm. Don't watch out for them. Yeah. And yeah, I think that, like you say, it's that very, like he, like what you guys were talking about before about how like the credit music just like doesn't play on some episodes, right? It's like Michael yep. falls and the, the swords go out. So, you know, right there, shit's fucked. Like, shit's it's, fucked. It's, swords are still glowing. Michael's fine. Shit's fine. Stuff is right. Instead of music, it's just Michael's unmoving form. Yeah. Right. It's that dead silence. Nicodemus starts by offering Marcone a job. <laughs> Because he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're not gonna accept it. Yeah, he's like, don't even try offering me a cone. He's like, I wasn't gonna. You don't seem like a team player. You want want a job? Which Marcone's like, I was just gonna offer you the same thing. Yeah, I know. It's a nice line there. (laughs) Fuck you. I know. I ain't your bitch. Right? Well, again, freaking Marcone, because you're like, you can see how badass. Because again, Marcone's like, well, I shot the fuck out of him. Oh, so the swords can kill him? No. And he's like, what the fuck? And yet still, Marcone is like, cool. but you cool can come work eyes. for me. <laughs> you know? like, Sociopath. You're, yeah, complete and total. But I'll, but yeah, yeah. Which, Devoid of emotions. Ugh. Yeah. But yeah, Nick won't take that either. Right we get like this lovely example again how you are saying how good a team that they are harry seems sees an upcoming bridge and nods harry and johnny yeah. to marcone and says uh, uh, and, and marcone goes <sighs> okay so a really <sighs> really fantastic scene here with a lot of confusion and stuff like what? that what it all turns out to be is that harry gets the drop on nicodemus and marcone slices through the shroud. Right, because Har- Harry already always knows that Marcone carries knives on him, no matter what. Always. Always. So he's like, okay. So this whole thing started because Marcone wanted the shroud. He's the one who commissioned the church mice to go and get it. He's the one who had was on top of the Denarians in the first place when they tried to make a pass for it and steal it. He's the one who, you know, allowed Valmont to extort him for a couple more million dollars in <laughs> hopes of getting this shroud, right? So yeah, like, they share a look and it's immediately like, forget whatever Nick thinks. Nick thinks that we want to fucking kill him. We already know we can't do that. All we want is the shroud and fuck this guy. We can separate Nick from the shroud. Boom. Curse broken. All we got to do. And so in that moment, that's what they do. Harry goes for the demon. Marcone goes for the shroud. He manages to slice it and jump. So you don't <clears throat> you don't think even that was partially opportunity? Because at this point, Harry's throwing up his shield. He's the bridge. It looks more like an escape scenario. Because Nicodemus can't get out. But it's not until Nicodemus is raising his gun, but he gets the shadow under Harry's shield. And then jerks, like, his arm that way. And then Harry's got to react and defend against. So do you not think that initially, like, sure, it was great. But do you even think that that was specifically the plan? Or that they were just going to bail and get the fuck out of there at this point, grab Michael and run? So basically, the whole reason that I think that, yeah, it was basically the plan from the point is that once this whole thing happens and Nicodemus kicks him off the train, he hits the water. Marcone goes back and saves him and drags him out of this thing. He doesn't just run off with the shroud. He doesn't escape on his own. And No, no. I, I meant purely for... At, at this point, it's... Because I know the whole reason they're there is to get the shroud, and they've gone through all of this to get the shroud, and they would hate to leave without the shroud. But at the same time, they keep getting all that right. Sonya's down, Michael's down, nothing's working. At this point, when he sees it, is it just like, a, at this point, cut your losses and run, like retreat and live to fight another day kind of a thing? 
Um, right, and, and I don't they're think so. Just gonna bail. Nicodemus is right in front of them. This is the last chance. Yeah. You see the bridge coming before you. Last chance. This is it. Either it's now or never. Right. I don't think it's like fuck. Let's cut our losses, dude, and come back okay. another day. I think, think it's that was purely last like, grabs. Gotta be now. This our, is it. Like either we do move. it or we don't. But this is the last chance. I didn't. I in no way take it to mean like fuck it. Let's go, bro. Oh wait, wait. One last second. Okay. Well, it's just partially because I've never been quite sure because again, it's it's because. He's got his shield up and then he's like all of a sudden Nicodemus like wormed under his shield so obviously then he had to react because he was no longer protected from it or whatever right um and then it was simply just sort of the way he describes um Marcone's here you know so he's like goes for the gun arm and then Marcone went for him with another knife yeah and and he's like it missed me he's like but it hit the shroud he's like Marcone cut through it cleanly seized it and pulled it off so it was just almost again it seemed almost more like Heat of the moment, like, again, was it planned or was it just grabbing that opportunity that, wait, now he's distracted, I can also grab this and go. But that was all. It was more just... Well, I mean, if the, if the bridge is coming up, then they have to have some sort of distraction to get to the point of the bridge that they can escape. So they, they're in cahoots that they know that there's a way out. They're not they're not communicating psychically right then and there what the, the actual way that they're going to have a distraction is, but they know that they have to buy time to get to the to the point where they can jump off in, into the water. Yeah. I see, and I guess to me it's just simply the fact that Nicodemus is, is back to it at this point. They can see it coming, he can't. So it's more just like, hey, here's a good place to jump off and hopefully not die when we jump off. Cause and take the shroud with us, is what I'm take saying. The shroud with it's us, not yeah, just but- this is our chance to run. And we're obviously going to run with the shroud, not run away from the shroud. Yeah. Is where I think it is. It's like, not only is this our one chance to get away, but get away with the shroud. The whole point of all of this. Yeah, which it was. But uh, yeah, to me, I've always had a hard time reading if it was simply sort of a fortuitous or a pun just because of the way it's sort of written there. He's like, miss me, but it hit the shroud. Like all of a sudden that was like a aha moment kind of, you know, where it was. But regardless, anyways, Marcone, badass, super cool that he is, does this. While Harry is wrestling... Nicodemus for the gun that he was about to shoot him with. Yeah. It leaves it open where Marcone is able to grab it and he immediately... And you get the confirmation too when the shroud goes that suddenly all of the pain and the sickness and the curse effects have been separated from. Which is the other interesting thing because Harry has mentioned this a couple ways along like at the start of this in the helicopter, right? He's like, oh, suddenly I'm all like achy and tired. And I'm like... Again, Michael's been running around with a full suit of armor, hasn't been complaining about his knees aching or, you know, Sonya's not like, oh, I'm so sniffly right now. Marcone isn't like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, again, those guys have all been like walking around like, we're fine. But you're like, well, Harry's affected. You guys have all got to be fine. like, Maybe magical auras. Mar- Harry's sensing it before the rest of them can and given more time, they'll get it too. Or vice versa. The mm. god aura is giving them a little bit more of a, you know, antivirus protection before I, don't know. I get I was, I was, And they're just clearly in better health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though Harry's the youngest of watching well, no Sonya might be the youngest of all of them, when I'm but quite sure of there. Either way, is I was like, say, you know, like Marcona. They're too cool to mention that they're feeling badly and yeah. Harry's just or like, show any signs sucks. of it. <laughs> So, I was gonna say the only one I would maybe give it to not being quite affected yet would be Marcone because I'm like they were all on the concourse they were standing right next to Shiro who was patient zero, right? right. So well, Michael and and Sonya would have had to have picked it up then too. We're also privy to Dresden's internal monologue. We're not in privy to Is, yeah. the other the others and. 
Justin doesn't mention to either of them. If we were looking at that, say, if we had, we were, we were looking at it from Michael's perspective, Michael probably would have looked at it the same way, saying, nobody else is bitching. That's, you know, because Harry doesn't bitch out loud. He doesn't, he doesn't bitch out loud. But yeah, it was more just the point of like, I do like how they're, they're all, all just, just like sucking it up. And yeah. Like, I'm a trooper. They're all just running around doing this crazy, awful, like heavy duty exertion, as we've discussed before, like battles, like 10 times more than any other, like regular workout. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, you're all supposed to feel like shit and like you're men, so you know you'd normally have that total like man cold extra whininess going on, but they're just like, we're too busy saving the day. <laughs> and, and adrenaline will have a lot of effect on all of that as well. Yeah. But but, but yes. He does like get the advantage, he cuts through it, gets it off and it's, and it's broken. Nick is enraged and begins to try to choke Harry out and is like and an anger and then Harry in a last ditch effort finds the noose around Nick's throat and tightens it and starts choking him back which throws Nick into a panic right so we spoke about this religious artifact earlier this whole thing around Nick's neck this whole time has been Judas's noose right the thing that Judas went and hung himself with after he realized what he'd done to Jesus and the betray and all this shit and the noose is what gives a lot of Nick's powers to him right it's in itself a big magical whatever and it's supposedly you know the thing that's protecting him from harm and not being able to be killed by the swords and all this other shit and harry's like but if the noose killed judas maybe the noose can kill nick (laughs) yeah it's the one thing that gets the uh well exactly he as he puts it he's like if it's protecting him from everything else but can it protect it from its from itself kind of a thing right the answer is no yeah exactly and then well we're coming with like a full sort of circle with the 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 thematics here because everything's sort of adding up the, the two thousand the, the, I've done this for two thousand years two thousand year old man <laughs> yeah um, and that the, the silver from that Judas got paid with the noose that Judas hung himself with like this is all the, it all the, comes or, back this is our Denarian's origin stories totally this is it this we don't is... know specifically how they ended ended up in these coins specifically but it was an, in an, an, it's all connected yeah enough yeah. of a representation of evil yes, or betrayal. Yes. Fully, yeah. And that's, again, you know, exactly what they're both aiming to do and came from, you know, the the thing that created them. So, next, Harry is getting off this train. And he does this by scooping up Michael and leaping. Now, sure, train bridges tend to be a lot smaller than regular bridges. You don't need passenger sidewalks on them. Lots of metal. Or, like, a lot of extra room for cars and all this sort of other bullshit that humans are ought to bring, you know. A train is the size of a train and that's that. I I think you'd still need to leap pretty far to get over the allowances of the bridge, though, anyways. And when holding another fully adult grown man in armor, like, it's not just sliding off the edge. There's still a platform that the train is traveling on. I can only ever think of the train bridge over water that... Stand by me? No, no, no. (laughs) Well, actually, I think it might be a little bit similar to that. The one in Drumheller. um, Oh. Because it's like this massive, heavy metal outcropping over the top of it. Like, if you would jump, there's a good chance with the momentum you would hit one of those side beams. Right. And what you see in movies all the time, this this big open, open, like, no-sided... Which again, and I, I'm saying like, even if it's got no, and and where we live, we've got examples of both going over the water, right? Ones that are basically just the track and some that come with the big massive overhanging Structure bullshit over. too, right? Yeah. But again, even if you've just got the track one, it's got to be at least as wide as a train plus enough, you know, inches on either side, right? Like, 
It's not just sliding like a slide, right? But again, when you're on something and jumping, right, again, you have some of that outward. So yeah, even though I think jumping from, a, like, you know, same thing, like when you jump off the roof onto a trampoline and things like that, right? You don't just instantly plummet straight down. You can get no, some of that outward I'm, I'm taking a little bit to, more of a, a, a suspension of disbelief on this one. Yeah. I mean, granted, the first time I read that. Holding a man, though, like, I'd trip <laughs> face forward off this thing, and me and Michael would be skinning against the side of this train <laughs> and under the rack. Under <laughs> That's <laughs> like, all possible, too. But, yeah. I, the, the first time I read, like, that, that, that it, we not, I, I noticed there was a bridge, and I nodded to, to Marcone. Uh, uh, the, the the bridge coming up, and I thought it was smack. an overhead. Yeah, bridge. I know. I totally Wiley like Coyote. Yes, yeah. exactly I know. I Literally, like, oh, the first. That's time. why they mentioned bridge. We're actually on the bridge, not going under. Yeah, I know. I always felt like the tunnel too. I always literally were like they were gonna duck, and Nicodemus was gonna, <laughs> gonna get, get schmucked yeah. into the. But yeah, which I guess it makes sense if you're gonna say train and bridge because it means train is on the bridge. Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Looney Tunes was last book, but it's, there's a little bit in every book. <laughs> we just, just never can't know. get around that. <laughs> but yeah, plus, I mean, again, maybe unsaid, but we already know he gave himself a little boost to jump the train car. So perhaps he gave—he just didn't mention it in the moment. He gave himself a little extra boost to make sure him and Michael were, you know, far enough over. Is that the blasting rod? Yeah, because his—he's blast- got the raw power. <gasps> yeah, but, well, he's got—he's got his, he's got his <laughs> staff. Staff still. He's got no pants now. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what he used last time. Was because he more so than the blasting rod. I think he used the staff. The staff is like a vaulting pole before. Oh, I, d- I don't remember the staff. I feel like the oh, staff okay. might have been. Might be there. Yeah. Because I think because like, I don't know if that's already. Yeah. This is one of those little was, details that's kind of like mm. so much going on. Yeah. So, so I mean, no, if it's no. a narrow train bridge, it's possible that they could quite literally just fall off of it and be fine. Yeah. But you know, no, he definitely didn't have the blasting rod because that was when he went to help. Sonia and Nic- we're talking about the no no and Nicodemus splintered his blasting rod yeah and it was after that because they left Sonia behind when they jumped over the train car okay, so, so he it definitely was his, okay, yeah, so so yeah, it was his staff, staff that he used okay. to pull vault over so that was the only point oh, I was okay. making is, oh, is yeah his his blasting so rod yes, he doesn't blasted. have the staff on him well, and, and, and it's like, maybe it's like, you know, the adrenaline again, you know, mothers lifting cars off their babies. Yeah. <laughs> Michael's yeah. my baby. I mean, again, go. yeah, right? again yeah. it's mostly falling. Like, he's got yeah. this long, he's got to give one good push one off as he go, and exactly, you know. So, yes, the two of them hit the water and start to sink, because Michael's passed out, and Harry's out of it. He's been shot at. Well, he also won't, like, go, that's the thing is, as we've mentioned a few times yeah. now, Michael's in a full suit of armor. Heavy. I remember. And he's muscle-bound. We know this. He in, has to in fifth grade swimming classes, they made us do the whole wear your clothes thing. Right. And I didn't want to wreck my sneakers. Or, I mean, again, it's a big family. I didn't have a lot of clothes. I remember I was dumb. I wore like rubber boots. I had jeans, a sweatshirt, and rubber boots. <laughs> so not only was it difficult to swim in the pool, which was the whole point of what do you do if you're in trouble and can you swim if you had to, let me tell you, trying to take off rubber boots and jeans after an hour <laughs> in the pool was almost as exhausting as the swim head. <laughs> so we know that these are, yeah, things are heavy. It's hard to, to So him. not well, only is Harry in his coat, but Michael's in this full coat. So whether Harry was out of it or not. There's a buoyancy in water, though. That, so that's detracting at least a little bit. A but, certain, but again, I, yeah, I'm like. A, this, a dead weight not, unconscious not at man that is point, going though. to sink. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, all like whether Harry's dazed and confused or not, this would be a really difficult fucking thing to pull off regardless and he refuses to let go and leave him and 
then part of that might be again the sort of dazed where again it's like pull your oxygen out it's like well if you got yourself out harry you'd have a better chance of rescuing michael but regardless of the reason he doesn't then there's a magical rope or a biblical one (laughs) wrong rope marcone managed to pull both of them out by the shroud yeah. Which is amazing. Like, so good. What? This is this gray world that he's living in. Uh, yeah, where, totally where the bad unnecessary, guy, though. Who, who, for all purposes, could be like, yeah, fuck you guys. I got what I want. I not only did he not have to save but them, but he used it. Well, but he could have been clear enough, too, that he was like, oh, I was too far away. I didn't know what you guys were doing. A train traveling over a bridge. I was going to say, there's so many variables here. There's one that exactly, Marcone might not have been anywhere near them. Because even if this whole interaction only took, like you say, a few seconds. That train but is between moving. him Mar- moving and, and Dresden jumping, exactly who the fuck knows how far they he are. had to have gone out of if his way. If a train is traveling 80 miles from St. Louis. <laughs> if they're sinking that bad that Harry's like cannot get up to get a breath of it. And again, you've got to assume body, heavy body, weighted bodies are sinking pretty fast. We already had this discussion that Nicodemus couldn't even do a Superman cape because we're like, I don't think the, the shroud is like wide enough to tie around. So who knows how far they've sunk, but he can still manage to get over to them and drop the shroud in that the shroud goes far enough down to however yeah. far Harry has sunk that he can still, like, again, right? Malcolm had a lot of legitimate excuses to not like have some, to come and d- help them. Well, yeah, and also is there some divine intervention that this thing just suddenly just so happened. was, like, ten feet long instead of, like, five feet long, and, yep. you know, and not the least of it, as they point out in the next one, whether it should have or not. But, yeah, exactly, yeah, he yep. could have. But, I mean, again, this is Marcon and his practicality and... Some way, somehow. To, well, like, for his practicality, the practical thing would have been to let them die. Yes and no, but he also knows, like, hey, hey, He knows he hey, can't hire him. Maybe not, but he it doesn't, knows doesn't mean he doesn't benefit. It doesn't mean he can't get a favor from the knights later on. And it's good to pay he, your debts. If he, you don't want to be in the business of Supernatural and be leaving open right. debts. I, I would I would yeah. rather look at it as a, you know, he's got that little soft, warm spot. It's just, you know, well, they were on a mission together, and until the mission is over, they're still on the same team. Yeah. I think there's all those kinds of things that, oh, dude, exactly. I think it was a great moment. It's a fantastic moment. This concludes our episode 10.29, Heavenly Flotation Device. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and macanellies.ca. There we have links to other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing. Please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. 